7 o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Welcome to another edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. Now you may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer-to-computer computer computer contact. That is an idiot idea. Holy mackerel. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yes! Who said that? Thank you! God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, a slightly congested Kenny Pick. <laughs> just get just getting over a sinus infection, so as you can tell, I'm uh, kind of talking through my nose tonight. And uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's it's one of those artifacts that people will go back and listen to and say he sounds sick, and and then they'll hear me say I, I'm sick, and then they'll be like, yeah, that's what I thought. So anyway, welcome to the program. Uh, of course, joining me as always, uh, Rain from Four Freedoms blog, Washington, D.C., the Beltway Bureau, the bubble. The bubble has clean air tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. D- uh, Dot- Dotus left for Iowa. Oh, did oh, he? Good. We have low humidity. The air smells clean and fresh. Well, hopefully Joe Biden and will kick his ass when he gets there. Oh, my God. <laughs> And hi everybody. Happy uh oh it's Tuesday. Tuesday. It's not Friday. Oh it's not. Jesus. Oh believe you me, I wish it was. And um <laughs> uh just because uh, I'm just not enjoying the work week so far. But and of course joining us uh as always uh, Mr. Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the electric city owner operator of the Clown Car Garage. Although I don't wish it was Friday because Joe won't be here on Friday, so I'm glad it's Tuesday and I'm here talking to Joe right now. Through yes, your nose. I agree. Through my nose. Through it doesn't by, sound as bad nose. as you think it does. Oh, no, no it does. No, it does. Well, you might be feeling it more than it sounds. To me, I you sound... Know. No, I hear the nasal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't sound like I'm death warmed over like I did yesterday or the day before. I mean, that was oh. rough. So and you don't sound like me with time too, Jane. <laughs> like I was the other. <laughs> no, I'm just suffering from this. Uh, uh, Drainage. <laughs> Drainage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, guys, I uh, Bob and I went to a very good friend of ours. Um, he had a 30th anniversary party at a, a local brewery. So mm-hmm. we went there, and he's a musician. So he invited all of his other musician friends, come on, you know, come to my party, put your, put your bands together. And so we went there and we walked in and they gave everybody earplugs. Oh, yeah. Just keep in mind, this is a brewery, so it's cement walls. Sure. And metal, you know, the metal, metal, physical yeah. metal. Sure. Like, like uh, I, the, Yeah. Like I took steel. my earplugs off at one point, and oh my god, it was the loudest thing I've ever heard in my life. I woke up Sunday morning feeling like my eardrums were sh- just stabbed. 
that'll happen. That'll happen. I, I've never, I've never experienced it like that before. I feel like I'm just like, okay, I'm getting old. Oh, I'll tell you what. The last, the last uh, um, show I went to and didn't wear uh, uh, earplugs, I was just like, you know, the next day I was like, hey, what's that, Sonny? You know, <laughs> uh, could not hear a thing. So yeah, earplugs. Always wear earplugs. You can hear the music better. And you know what's what's cool is if you have earplugs in and somebody's right next to you, they can talk like right into your ear and you can hear them too. So, um, you know, they have to speak up, of course. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm uh, yeah. Wear those earplugs. Important safety tip. Thanks, Rain. And. <laughs> Uh, and safety glasses. Safety glasses are important. Yes. And a helmet. Uh, well, yeah. I wasn't going to go wearing safety glasses and well, a helmet. To you know, what if concert. what if you, you start stage? What if you start stage diving? Mm-hmm. Oh, we did. Well, there you well, go. We, we 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 faked it. We faked it. We were in the back. You guys, I wish I wish there was a video of this. Bob mm-hmm. and I were like doing the whole like because a lot of these bands were punk bands. They were really good. Yeah. So we just like did pretending, you know, the smashing each other. I literally picked up the stool and tried to pretend like I was throwing it over my head. Uh oh, did you get cut off? I'm the worst punk fan ever. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. Oi, oi, oi. Uh so <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah. So uh well yeah. The, did anybody say this? And I get the feeling you've been cheated. Because that's Johnny Rotten <laughs> from the Sex Pistols. Yeah. So Anyway, well, uh, if happy, they did, I couldn't yeah. hear them because I yeah. was wearing earplugs. This is this is also true. So, well, boy, I have a whole jamboree of audio for everybody tonight. Uh, what what a treat! What a real treat! Um, and uh, I, I want to uh, start with playing a, a quick clip from uh, Brian Cranston. Uh, won a Tony Award for his portrayal of Howard Beale in the stage production of Network, which I did not even know was a thing. And as many of you know from some of my bumpers, I, you know, use audio from from Network, you know, the only man who was ever killed for having lousy ratings. You know, that that's uh that's from the movie Network. Uh and of course, you know, uh, I want everybody to go to their windows, you know. Scream, I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. I don't play it on I'm here. I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, well, Brian Cranston, in part of his... Uh, I just cut a, a quick clip of his uh, Tony speech, because he had a couple jokes that I thought were... <sighs> dumb. So, uh, I just stuck to the last part of the clip, and uh, I, I thought this was good. Uh, Howard Beale is a fictitious TV newsman who found his way in the line of fire because of his pursuit of the truth. And I would like to dedicate this to all the real journalists around the world, both in, both in, uh, both in, in the press uh, and, and the, the, the print media and also broadcast media, who actually are in the line of fire with their pursuit of the truth. The media is not the enemy of the people. Demagoguery is the enemy of the people. Thank you very much. Good night. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen. 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 Demagoguery is the enemy of the people. So. Wonder who he was talking about. Hmm. Uh, let me think. Bill Nye. I was going to. No. 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 Uh, I don't think so. Tom Selleck. 
Not Barack. No, no, no. Perhaps. Uh, oh, oh, I know, I know. Um, Center Square, Hollywood Squares. Um, uh huh. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Paul Lind. <laughs> Paul Lind. No, no. Damn it! It was, it was mean, Mister Mustard. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fat Donnie. Fat Donnie. Yeah. Mean, Mister Mustard. Mister De- Demagogue in Chief. That's uh, right. The dotard's demagogue. Yeah, uh, and he's come out and he's, you know, he's been pretty on the fence a lot of times about making political statements, but I thought that that was a pretty solid one. You know, that was good. So, um, sorry, I'm getting to the point where I might have to mute <laughs> and cough something up. Because, you know what tonight's all about, everybody? That's right. <laughs> And if I don't get it all up, I might start sounding like Peter Brady. Time to change. Yeah. So, uh, I had that on the ready. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, got it. You got to got to enjoy that. Um well, I, I think maybe we should probably play some of the audio because it's all relatively short. And I kind of want to go to um if any I don't know if anybody saw this, but um Today, the House Judiciary Committee had uh, the need to reauthorize the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. John Stewart spoke very eloquently in the opening remarks. And I have... Excuse me. Sorry for that. I have his... um, I have his almost uncut uh, opening remarks. I did cut out some empty spots, but I didn't, you know, take away the effect of his, his some of his very important dramatic pauses. Uh, and it's like nine minutes long, and I thought instead of playing a song on this break, I would play that. It all pretty much speaks for itself, and um, I thought it would be really important to get to that. So we're probably going to go to break a little bit earlier than normal, uh, about 25 after. So we can play that and uh, let uh, let you folks at home um, really, you know, because it's it's something important. It's something we really don't talk about on the show. Um, but thank God that uh, uh, first responders from 9-11 have somebody like John Stewart, although John Stewart is not happy about how slowly Congress has acted. Um, and, and he has every right to be as pissed off as he is. Uh, but... Let's go to something that happened yesterday, and that was John Dean uh, speaking in front of uh, what was that? Uh, uh, what was that committee? It was the House Judiciary Committee. Oh, that was the House Judiciary Committee. Headed, headed by, com- by um, well? yeah, by Nader, Nate okay. Nadler, N- Jerry Nadler. Nadler. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, there were some there were some real choice moments. Uh, of that, and oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it, oh, see, Duke yeah, agrees. Uh, well, I, I I got a bunch of different audio from that, all relatively short, but I thought it, w- it would be interesting because you've you've mentioned this before on the show, Joe, um, and I thought it would it would it was real poignant, and when this is something we can use down the road. Uh, from in just over one minute, John Dean explains what the Saturday Night Massacre was during Watergate. 
and I thought that this was this is one of those going to be one of those evergreen clips that we're we're going to have forever. But just a quick history lesson, everybody, from John Dean, the Saturday Night Massacre. Saturday Night Massacre. Uh, occurred in October of 1973 when Richard Nixon removed or fired Archibald Cox as the special counsel, the Watergate special prosecutor, because he exceeded what Nixon thought was his authority to demand tapes, uh, the secret Nixon recordings. Uh, he had told him that they would offer them to the, uh, a member of the Senate, uh, John Stennis, uh, who happened to have a very bad hearing problem uh, to uh, validate the White House prepared transcripts, and the special counsel Cox rejected it. And Nixon asked the attorney general to fire him, Mr. Richardson, who refused and resigned. Uh, he asked, in turn, Mr. Rucklesaus, the deputy attorney general, to fire Cox. He, too, refused and resigned. It went to the third person in line uh, of authority in the Department of Justice, to Mr. Bork, who did Bork. carry out the order. Yeah. Bork. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was nice. Uh, uh, Joe, the pretty good summary there? It was, yeah. yeah. Bork was the... Uh, it's, it's ironic that uh, the Republicans always blame the Democrats uh, for the hyper partisanship in Supreme Court nominees anymore, mm-hmm. and they trace it always back to the Bork hearings and oh how mean the Democrats were with Bork. Of course, they leave out the fact that Bork was the only one willing to be a yeah. uh, 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 hitman for a criminal. Yeah, Oops. you know it was Robert Bork who was the Solicitor General at the time mm-hmm. who went ahead and fired. Uh, 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 Archibald Cox. Yeah. So, and, and that's all forgotten. You know, they leave that part out. Why were the Democrats upset when he was nominated for the Supreme Court? Well, yeah. Who nominated Bork? Ford. See, was it Ford for the Supreme Court? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I thought that was Reagan. I don't know why I was thinking that. Oh, no, wow. but, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. It was Ronald Reagan. Oh, okay. Okay. It wasn't for yes. It I was thought because because I I remember that. I, was I, around, I wouldn't I wouldn't have remembered the hearings if it wasn't for I mean because I, I was too little in the uh, during the Ford it was administration. 19, yeah, it was it was 1987. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, he was almost rewarded a lifetime spot on the Supreme mm-hmm. Court for obstructing justice yes. for another Republican yes. named Richard Nixon. Yes. On fucking yes. can. And and uh yeah. And 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 the, the the right, but they leave that part out. And uh yeah, it was nineteen eighty seven because I remember being on my honeymoon <laughs> listening to the Bork hearings. That is <laughs> How romantic. That is, is something that well it, it was I was driving. We were yeah. driving between venues. That's <laughs> fine. I mean I'm telling okay. you, man, Bob and I would have done the same thing. But I but we, we we had fun, but but when we were driving, it was a long drive from Lake sure. Tahoe back to Los Angeles. Aww. Yeah, it's it's yeah. quite a drive. So uh, I listened to the Bork hearings the whole time. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, if I could just put this in on our honeymoon, mm-hmm. we listened to the Republican National Convention. Oh, oh dear go. God! When John when oh John God. McCain when John McCain said basically. 
my vice presidential nominee is Sarah Palin. Oh. Suck it up, cupcake. <laughs> wow. So we're just as we're just as nerdy. Yeah. But well. uh, yeah, yeah. Reagan Reagan sought, sought to uh, reward Bork for his mm-hmm. criminality. You know, well, before typical. before we get to the real stupid clips um, here, uh, I have one from Representative Ted Lieu. Where uh, <laughs> oh, this is sweet baby Jesus time. Uh, yeah. Uh, where uh, thank I want to thank him. I don't know if you guys, you two might know this, but I actually listened uh, to all of the testimony. I didn't. I didn't. I did. So it was very good to me, but. Yeah, I know. I, I know you were doing that. I was avoiding it. I know. So I, yeah. I was reading your synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> it was what better. I what, what I liked uh, your, at the very end of your synopsis, though, Rain, was uh, after you uh, endured all of it. You said, "I'm fucked." Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was Representative Ted Lou. Everyone, I'm fucked. Uh, and uh, reading into the congressional record, something allowed from the Mueller report. And uh, here we go. Let's hear that in context. Uh, he had a, it, also, he has a question for John Dean on this, too. Page 78 of Volume 2 of the report says, and I quote, When Sessions told the president that a special counsel had been appointed, the president slumped back in his chair and said, Oh, my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. The president became angry and lambasted the attorney general for his decision to recuse from the investigation, stating, How could you let this happen, Jeff? Sessions recalled that the president said to him, you are supposed to protect me, or words to that effect. Uh, Mr. Dean, uh, understanding what occurred during Watergate and in your experience, do you believe it is the role of the attorney general to protect the president? That certainly wasn't the case during the Nixon presidency. As a former employee of the Department of Justice, where I served as the associate deputy attorney general, I know there's a proud and professional workforce at the Justice Department uh, that doesn't do anything other than represent the American people. Uh, I don't think the Attorney General, his task is to represent the President. John Mitchell, who was the initial Attorney General, followed by Richard Kleindienst, and then uh, former Senator Saxby and Elliot Richardson, I really don't think they looked upon their job is to represent Richard Nixon. So it, this is a sort of unprecedented view from Mr. Trump as to what the attorney general should and should not be doing. Thank you. All right. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a very good response to that. Then uh, you know. I'm fucked. Uh, but and you know what else is fucked? That beard that Robert Bork used to have. The hair it, it's it's like he just pulled a fistful of hair from like the top of his head and like glued mm-hmm. it on his chin. Mm-hmm. That is some unfortunate me, looking was, facial hair. That alone was enough not to confirm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear that. You know, just based on that beard. Sure. Yeah. So he's no well, longer with us, folks. But he he has passed, right? Twenty twelve. You know what's interesting to me is that <clears throat> my I'm a little I'm a little congested too, by the way, everybody. But um, soldiering on, I only learned of Robert Bork in the '80s because he was the Supreme Court nominee, and 
everybody was pissed that um, Joe Biden blocked his nomination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm still, I know this is mixing what we're talking about, but I, I, I sort of feel like, okay, he blocked that nomination because he was a really, really bad dude. Mm-hmm. And they also blame him for Clarence Thomas. And I, I just, I, well, these are th- all really bad Republican people. Republicans yeah. nominate bad Republicans. Too bad he couldn't have told the future because, heck, if Bork died in 2012, that would have been our seat. Um, oh, so. snap. Yeah, unless yeah. he resigned yeah. before would it have then. Been? No, no, it wouldn't have been because McConnell would have blocked it like Garland. Well, 2012 was early enough. I, I think we, we, we he would have gotten, I mean, they wouldn't have blocked for five years, <laughs> you know. You don't, don't think, think so? so? I don't no. know. I we both said that, that at the same time. I don't know. I agree with you on that. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I, I, Merrick, I just, Garland, Merrick Garland, wasn't he nominated in 2013 or was it 2014? It was only two years, one or two years after no, he died. Fi- no, it was 15. Was it, uh, still, I don't know. I don't know. It was 2015. You're, you're, I, I, doesn't matter. Mitch McConnell it's, it's, uh, is a colossal yeah. douchebag. Oh, he is. He is. So, um, and, uh, all right, let's get to this next one here. Um, oh my God. Representative Matt Gates, noted drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey Matt Gates, have you ever, refu- have you refused any breathalyzers lately, pal? Um, oh. he, you know, he refused, he refused to take breathalyzers, uh, when he got caught and he's like, I just had two beers, just two, two beers. <laughs> um, that guy has, uh, you know, what I saw that was funny is, is uh, Matt Gates says he's trying to be the AOC of the uh, Republican Party. No. Oh come on! Yeah, what? I heard that. What? Dude. What? No. 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 Um. Wrong. No. Yeah. <laughs> because, because first of all, to be AOC, you have to be smart. Smart. You yeah. have to have integrity. Smart. You have to be smart. Well, He's smart. I'm smart. He's no, smart. he's not. He's not. No, he doesn't. No. He, you have to have integrity. He was smart enough to refuse the breathalyzer. But he's he's the one that continually tries to say to AOC, "I want to debate you. I want to debate you. Let's debate. Let's debate." And I feel like, okay, dude. Why you're from you Florida? Look like the stupid kid who has a really big crush on the girl who is never going to give you any time attack. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what much. I was thinking exactly. Pretty much. So I just want to get I just want to get close to you. Yeah, uh, it's creepy. Yeah, it is. Matt Gates. All right, we, we got to get to this. If we're, well, actually, no, we're gonna have to hold off on this until after the break because, um, uh, but yeah, uh, but well, let me play a short one. Uh, and this is uh, here's a uh, <laughs> Jim Jordan, G Y M Jordan, Wrestle Boy. Oh, Scott. Um, he, he he gets a something a little bit wrong, just a little bit wrong about John Dean. Today, Chairman Nadler brings in front of the Judiciary Committee a guy to talk about obstruction of justice. Judiciary. who went to prison in 1974 for obstructing justice. I did not go to prison. Okay, he pled guilty to obstruction of justice. I'm glad you got to stay out of prison. Then I guess. What a dickhead! What an asshole. Hopefully, you'll go to prison. Jeez, all you have to do Jim. is go to Google. I mean. 
Really? Yeah, it's not hard. You know, it's really not hard. hard. No. He's a jerk. Check Wikipedia. You know, he never went to jail. Yeah. Go do a Google search. You're going surfing on the internet. When when I say jerk, and we're talking about Jim Jordan, G Y M Jordan. Yeah. I mean he is a G Y R K. A jerk. jerk. I like it. He's a jerk. He's Jim Jerk. Jim Jerk. Yeah. Uh, And his signature no 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 suit jacket. Oh yeah. He takes he takes he takes roids, doesn't he? I couldn't tell you. I've not paid attention too much to the man's bod. I hope he does because he has roid rage. I think he does for him to have it for no reason. I'm telling you, I think he does. I think he does roids. Or is that just rage? Could explain his hair loss. Roid rage. I do. Maybe it's just just rage. Could explain it. You know who he looks like? He looks like Dexter, the serial killer. Ah, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Uh, God. That's who he looks like. I didn't even think about you. He's the icebox killer or the ice truck killer or whatever. Oh, my God. uh, So there you go. You went to to jail. No, no, I didn't. No, but maybe you'll go to gym. Jail, gym. Gym jail. Gym jail. Maybe you'll go to gym jail. Jail spelled G Y Jordan A L G L. All right, uh, uh, we're gonna get serious here for a minute, folks. Uh, I, I've got this John Stewart audio I want to play for everybody on the break. Uh, in lieu of a song, um, not in Ted lieu of a song. Ah, that would I mean see what you I'm did fucked. There. No, I know. Um, yes. John Stewart, uh, with very, uh, you know, this is eight minutes and 41 seconds. John Stewart, uh, very serious um, opening statement at the House Judicial, um, House Judiciary uh, Committee uh, on the need to reauthorize the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. So uh, that'll play right after this promo here. Don't you go nowhere. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. So new and different, it won first prize at the International Inventors Exposition. KennyPick.com I want to thank Mr. Collins and Mr. Naylor for putting this together, but uh, as I sit here today, I can't help but think what an incredible metaphor this room is for the entire process that getting health care and benefits for 9-11 first responders has come to. Behind me, a filled room of 9-11 first responders, and in front of me, a nearly empty Congress. Sick and dying, they brought themselves down here to speak to no one. It's shameful. It's an embarrassment to the country, and it is a stain on this institution. And you should be ashamed of yourselves For those that aren't here, but you won't be. Because accountability doesn't appear to be something that occurs in this chamber. We don't want to be here. Lou doesn't want to be here. None of these people want to be here. But they are, and they're not here for themselves. They're here to continue fighting for what's right. Lou's going to go back for his 69th chemo. The great Ray Pfeiffer would come down here, his body riddled with cancer and pain, where he couldn't walk. And the disrespect shown to him 
and to the other lobbyists on this bill is utterly unacceptable. You know, I used to get, I, I, would, I would be so angry at the latest injustice that's done to these men and women. And, uh, uh, you know, another business card thrown our way uh, as a way of, of shooing us away. Like children, trick-or-treating, rather than the heroes that they are and will always be. Ray would say, calm down, Johnny, calm down. I got all the cards I need. And he would tap his pocket. Three hundred and forty-three firefighters. The official FDNY response time to 9-11 was five seconds. Five seconds. That's how long it took for FDNY, for NYPD, for Port Authority, for EMS to respond to an urgent need from the public. Five seconds. Hundreds died in an instant. Thousands more poured in to continue to fight for their brothers and sisters. The breathing problem started almost immediately and they were told they weren't sick, they were crazy. And then as the illnesses got worse and things became more apparent, well, okay, you're sick, but it's not from the pile. And then when the science became irrefutable, okay, it's the pile. But this is a New York issue. I don't know if we have the money. And I'm sorry if I sound angry and undiplomatic, but I'm angry, and you should be too, and they're all angry as well, and they have every justification to be that way. There is not a person here, there is not an empty chair on that stage that didn't tweet out, never forget the heroes of 9-11, Never forget their bravery. Never forget what they did, what they gave to this country. Well, here they are. And where are they? And it would be one thing if their callous indifference and rank hypocrisy were benign, but it's not. Your indifference cost these men and women their most valuable commodity, time. It's the one thing they're running out of. This should be flipped. This hearing should be flipped. These men and women should be up on that stage and Congress should be down here answering their questions as to why this is so damn hard and take so damn long. And why no matter what they get, something's always pulled back and they gotta come back. Mr. Johnson, you, you, you made a point earlier and it was one that we have heard over and over again in these halls and I, I, I couldn't help but to answer to it, which was, 
He said, look, you know, you guys are obviously heroes and 9-11 was a big deal, but, you know, we have a lot of stuff here to do. And, uh, you know, we got to make sure there's money for a variety of uh, uh, disasters, hurricanes and tornadoes. But this wasn't a hurricane. And this wasn't a tornado. And by the way, that's your job anyway. We can't fund these programs, you can. Setting aside that no American in this country should face financial ruin because of uh, uh, a health issue. Certainly 9-11 first responders shouldn't have to decide whether to live or to have a place to live. And the idea that you can only give them five more years of the VCF because you're not quite sure what's going to happen five years from now, well, I can tell you, I'm pretty sure what's going to happen five years from now. More of these men and women are going to get sick and they are going to die. And I am awfully tired of hearing that it's a 9-11 New York issue. Al-Qaeda didn't shout death to Tribeca. They attacked America and these men and women and their response to it is what brought our country back. It's what gave a reeling nation a solid foundation to stand back upon, to remind us of why this country is great, of why this country is worth fighting for. And you are ignoring them. And you can end it tomorrow. Why this bill isn't unanimous consent and a standalone issue is beyond my comprehension. And I have yet to hear a reasonable explanation for why. It'll get stuck in some transportation bill or some appropriations bill and get sent over to the Senate where a certain someone from the Senate will use it as a political football to get themselves maybe another new import tax on petroleum. Because that's what happened to us in 2015. And we won't allow it to happen again. Thank God for people like John Feel. Thank God for people like Ray Pfeiffer. Thank God for all of these people who will not let it happen. They responded in five seconds. They did their jobs with courage, grace, tenacity, humility. 18 years later, do yours. Thank you. Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here on Indie Media Weekly. Thanks for supporting truly independent media, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. 
Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank, every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. This is Stephanie Miller. You're listening to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Great Scott, what is that? It's really weird, but it's also the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my whole life. It's terrible, by the way, totally overproduced. The first known instance of a man who was killed because he had lousy ratings. Oh my God, they've killed Kenny, you bastard! I've worse, it's showtime. It is showtime, and welcome back to it. And uh, amen to uh, John Stewart uh, for standing up for the first responders amen. and... Uh, being an advocate for their health rights, uh, for being true patriots, and um, yeah, Republicans, where are you? And uh, 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 note he got a little jab in there on Mitch McConnell too about the uh, you know oh maybe maybe get a get some kind of tax credit for uh, you know big oil or you know oil imports whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, welcome back to the show, uh, Joe Santorso, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Good for John Stewart. Yeah, yeah, and and hopefully, I mean, hopefully they don't have to keep going through this shit. I mean, this should be on. It, it should be, you know, standalone, like he said. It should be ongoing, uninterrupted. Uh, it, it, I mean. Sh- you know, when he said, they didn't say death to Tribeca, they said death to America. It's not... It just proves that... It's not a localized fucking thing. It was an attack on our country. It just goes to show that the GOP and the Trumpers use the military, use first responders, use 9-11 as props. Mm-hmm. That they don't give a shit about otherwise. Yeah. You know they'll they'll stick up for the ones who are crooked and nasty and in you know kill people, uh, but then the ones who actually give up their lives in the line of duty or their health or you know w- whatever, uh, they could give two shits about. But you know you want to cover up for a dirty cop who kills a kid, you know oh stand with our stand with them they they shouldn't have to you know fuck you. Um, and, uh, but rain, uh, for freedoms blog, Washington, DC, welcome back to you as well. Hi. Yeah. This one hurts. This one hurts because I know we're going to talk about the GOP, but there could have been a lot more democratic representatives in that room too. There could have been, there could have been, um, and it wasn't a full, and I'm not making an excuse, but from from what I heard on the news today, this is this was he was appearing before a subcommittee. It wasn't mm-hmm. a full committee. Yeah. But you know what? It it, it kind of makes me sad to see people not showing up for these kind of meetings and these hearings. And and Stewart's right. It, <laughs> these are people who ran into the fire. Yeah. They ran into the fire. The yeah. firemen. They ran up the trade center knowing they probably weren't going to come back down. Sure. I, and it, it's not just you firefighters, too. It's EMTs. It's police. It's, you know, it was a lot no, of different yes. different first responders. But you're right. No, I mean, a lot a lot of firefighters, I mean, were just wiped out in an instant. I, I, 
I I still have chills about this. Yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of police officers, but really the brunt of, of the, the first responders in New York City were the fire department. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And but- um, they, they deserve to be taken care of. You know, they're... They deserve full to be stop. taken care of. Yeah, full stop. I mean, don't don't put it in some country. Yeah, yeah, don't put it in some. You know, don't. You know, I mean, and and I, I he was quoting uh, the one one uh, representative that said, "Oh well, you know, you have to understand, we earmark money for hurricanes and floods and tornadoes and everything. This wasn't a hurricane. This wasn't a natural no, this disaster. This was this deserves. See." Here, yeah. Here's the thing, Ken and Joe. Here's the thing that pisses me off. It has been what, eighteen, 18 years, years, as he said, since those attacks. <laughs> eighteen goddamn years, and and after it happened, George Bush stood up on top of the rubble and said, you know, whatever kind of whatever he said, you know, just all this kind of thing is this. This is an attack on America, and it was, you know, and now. They, the Republican Party in particular, pulled out all of their freaking jingoism to get everybody rallied behind his freaking fake war. And you know what? They forgot the people who ran into those buildings. They forgot them, and they are still forgetting them. And this is the this is a stain on this country. I really do believe this. Because you know what, if you're patriotic, you you go out of your way to take care of the veterans of any kind of an attack. Mm-hmm. And this might not been they might not have been in the in the armed services, but they are veterans of an yeah. attack on our country. There are security forces. Yeah, there are first responders. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think John Stewart. Um, uh, it is doing. Uh, he, I, I was going to say he should be commended for doing what he's doing, but no, I don't think he would want us to commend him. He would want us to commend all the people who are still trying to get by, still trying to figure out whether they're going to be able to pay for you know healthcare or their home or or, or whatever. You know, they're still uh, dying. But they, they're still I mean, dying of cancer. It needs they can't to be get the treatment they need. It needs to be standalone and ongoing, sustained uh, funding, and and you know just full stop right there. It, it, it no, no more fucking excuses, uh, no more political stunts, McConnell. Um, you know, don't don't let shit go to the Senate and say, oh well, you know, I think I could probably do something, you know, something at their expense. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. These people, there is a special place in hell. It, it makes me wish there was a hell. For, for people like, you know, Mitch McConnell and anybody who would who would turn down, you know, refuse funding. So You see, something I just, I, I keep thinking about, we just watched the celebration of Normandy, right? Yeah. 75th anniversary. Well, and commemoration. These these, yes. Sorry about that. That's all right. And so these, these, were, these were men who stormed the beaches knowing that they were going to be running into bullets. And I know that what happened in, in, in New York City on 9-11 is not Normandy, but I don't think it's any less brave. And Normandy wasn't 
No, it wasn't. I mean, I hope you understand. I hope you understand. Uh, no, what I'm, I'm not trying to make I, a no, no, no. But, I know you're not. I, I, I think that's a fair thing for you to say. You know, because it's, it's like, you know, they're two very different circumstances, and everybody should be taken care of for their sacrifices. You know, that's the so. point that I'm getting at. I don't think that any of the the first responders, the New York City Fire Department, the NYPD, mm-hmm. the EMTs, all of them. I don't think that they are any less brave. Yeah. This is me, and this is my very, very personal opinion. Because mm-hmm. y'all know I was, well, I wasn't down in Tribeca. No. Thank God. But it was just, it was messed up. Yeah. I don't think they were any less brave because they didn't know. Unlike unlike Normandy, the soldiers knew that they were going in to take, to take out the Nazis. These guys didn't know what they were dealing with. And I do remember specifically, I was like, oh, crap. I think, I do... I am one of the people who felt like this seems like it's a terrorist attack. Sure, which I mean, it's weird to think that. Yeah, it's and 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 not only that, but you know, do you, do you think any of the first responders, their first thought in their head was, "Oh shit, these buildings are coming down. Let me go see if I can find some kind of building schematics or records on you know what the construction materials are uh, exactly. before before That's- I go in," you know. So let's get Joe. Let's let yeah. Joe get in a little bit because I we really got to switch gears um, to this other stuff. Uh, but go ahead, Joe. No, I concur, and I I, I, say, I say this again. This is what the Republicans do. They use they talk a good game, but they use veterans, soldiers, first responders, fetuses, babies as props. And could give a shit about any of them. Yeah, that is that is their whole mo. They they they're not worried about fetuses. They're worried about controlling women's bodies. They're yeah. not worried about first responders. Only only to stand there and make speeches about them, and then leave them to die of cancer. They don't care about mm-hmm. our soldiers that we send into wars, and then abandon them with lousy VA hospitals and lousy medical care. And, and ignoring P- P- PTSD and, and everything else they do, and and, and suicide by by by, uh, by by these veterans. Yeah, I mean this is the GOP. That's the party of hypocrisy. Oh yeah, I mean that's and that's that's nothing new at all. That's all I have from from this lot. So geopicrosic. I got I got a word <laughs> geopicros. No. Help me out with this. Uh? GOP hip, hypocrisy. Geopicocracy. No. I think it's something like that. I'm working on it. I okay. gotta workshop it. All right. I, I, I'll, I'll you workshop it and get back to us. <laughs> um, so uh, let's get back to uh, uh, again the House Judiciary Committee, uh, but from yesterday. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, unfortunately we're going to hear from the, the dummies now, uh, representative Matt Gates, uh, again, noted DUIer, uh, noted refuser of breathalyzer tests. And also, didn't he tweet, uh, some kind of threat to, uh, didn't he try to obstruct justice and tw- tweeted a threat to Michael Cohen? Remember mm-hmm. that? 
Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. yeah. The night, the night before his uh, testimony. Yes. Yeah. Something happened to your family. Hey, what are you gonna do? Uh, it'd be real, real shame if your wife was to find out about this. You know. So, um, yeah, Matt Gates. Uh, just let me just say this and state it for the record: this man's a fucking idiot. And John Dean. Um, at the end of this, leaned down, looked on the floor, and picked something up and said, oh, is this your ass? And handed it <laughs> to him. Yes, that's right. He got his ass handed to him by John Dean. So li listen to this. Uh, you know, it's like two minutes and 12 seconds, but this dopey Magoo idiot, you know, uh, he's like 37 years old, just a fucking buffoon, Again, trying to be the AOC of the GOP. Dude, you ain't the fucking uh, DJT of the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, but anyway, here you go. Mr. Dean, how many American presidents have you accused of being Richard Nixon? <laughs> I actually wrote a book about Mr. Bush and Mr. Cheney with the title Worse Than Watergate. So... so <laughs> So it so it's it's sort of become a cottage. Did you make money on that book? It was a very successful book. How much yes. money did you make on it? I'm sorry, I don't have any idea. More than a million bucks? No. More than half a million bucks? I, I said I don't have any idea. How much money do you make from CNN? I, I, I don't really know exactly. I, I think I'm going to object to the to to. Wait 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 wait, wait, wait a second wait a second Mr. Dean has made a cottage industry out of accusing presidents of acting like Richard Nixon I would like to know how much money he makes based on making these accusations and exploiting them for his own economic can, benefit uh, Hold on hold on he's this is this is capitalism jackass What's wrong with that All of a sudden capitalism is wrong it's always every time this happened before. I think Trey Gowdy did this line of attack on somebody before, or Jason Chaffetz or somebody. I don't know. I I just remember saying, well, how much money do you make doing this, huh? You wrote a book. You were on TV. How much money do you make? Shut up. It's none of your fucking business, apparently. Uh, uh, you know, ugh. And seriously, when he, he's probably pretty wealthy, so he probably doesn't know how much money he makes from CNN or books or anything like that. Go ahead, Rain. But here, here's the thing that, listening to it again, this is the second time I've heard it. Mm -hmm. When Nadler says, I object, this little freaking entitled white boy decides to just ignore, you know, congressional rules. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nadler's the head. He's the head of the, he's the, head of the committee. When he does, I'm going to have to object. Well... That's when Gates needs to shut his little entitled white ass. He up. just was. Oh, he was metaphorically. Ass, I mean he was metaphorically refusing to take a breathalyzer test at that moment. Rain. That's yeah, all. I mean, Jordan did that earlier, and I know we don't oh, have yeah. that clip too. But yeah, that's okay. you know, Nadler was like, "You need to stop," and yeah. Jordan ignored him. They have no respect. No, no, no decorum, no respect. Well, you know, look at who for, they learn from, like fucking Louis Gohmert and idiots like that. So, well, but here's the rest of the Matt Gates uh, uh, getting his ass handed to him. And Mr. Saying, no, Mr. Gates, uh, 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 Mr. Gates, I appreciate you were uh, not born at the time this all happened. He was not. Uh, nope. The it's not by choice 
that I've done a lot of this. It's that I've been dragged into it. Who forced I, you? Who forced you to uh, accuse George W. Bush of being Richard Nixon? Who forced me to? Probably George W. Bush. It was right after I had spent 10 years in a lawsuit knocking down false statements uh, about what my role had and hadn't been. Well, let's speak now to the truth or falsity of statements. Uh, do you have personal knowledge regarding the truth or falsity of a single material fact in the Mueller report? I, I think if you recall the first thing I said, I'm not here as a fact witness. You're here to provide historical context. Exactly. And throughout history, you accuse presidents of acting like Richard Nixon, and you make money off of it, right? Not all presidents, no. No, but a few more Those than one. Those who do act like him, I pointed out. Let me ask you this question. How do Democrats plan to pay for Medicare for all? I'm sorry? What? How do, well, I figured if we were going to ask you about stuff you don't know about, we'd start with the big stuff. So do you know how they plan to pay for Medicare for all? Uh, who? The Democrats or which candidate or can well, you be more specific? Let's get specific to Nixon since that appears to be why you're here. Do you believe Well, actually, Nixon did have a health care plan. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, oh, wow. Okay, now watch yeah. this. I'm just going to oh. break the wrist and walk away. Break the wrist, walk away. Jeez. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Gates. Is this your ass? Here, I'll hand. Let me hand it to you. Uh, looks turns. Looks. Look, I can do a pretty good uh, uh, <laughs> uh, John Dean with uh, with a cold. It, excuse me, Mr. Gates. Is is this your ass? I, I have it here for you. Let yeah, me hand uh, it to you. you. Want some? Want some mustard on that foot? I, I appreciate the fact you hadn't been born. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, watching that, watching that fucking novice mouth breathing, breathalyzer denying, uh, cherub face buffoon. Um, that was, that was brilliant. I, I just, we got to hear an on. That. that was great. Amen. Well, you know, one, one thing in watching those hearings, yeah. I found this really intriguing because we had, um, uh, Barb McQuaid, Joyce, Joyce White, the guy from the Heritage Foundation, I can't remember, I think his last name was Malcolm, and John Dean. And every damn Republican just went after John Dean. None of those men on that committee bothered to ask the two women, lawyers, prosecutors, professors, any questions. Mm-hmm. Not once. There was one Republican woman who a- asked Heritage Foundation guy a question. Oh. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give her some props. But none of, none of the men on that committee, not one of them, they all went after John Dean trying to smear him. Like this guy, like he's 80 years old. He pled yeah. guilty. He didn't go to jail. He has no fucks to give. Yeah. Well, Did they really think they were going to get him? You have to understand that these Republicans still hold a grudge against him for double-crossing one of yeah. their favorite. Yeah, for presidents. taking down a president. Yes, a Republican well, president. Well, uh, in so much that Louis Gohmert, Joe, I don't know if you heard anybody oh, any Louis. any of that, but Louis, oh my God, what happened to Louis? I think he the, he must have stopped using Grecian formula or something on his on his little fryer tuck. <laughs> Uh, because his his hair is like shocking white now. It looks like I mean it. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, you don't usually think somebody, again, you know, uh, that, that has a complete chrome dome and just the little sideburn hair, you know, you don't, you know, you'd think, you know, just a, a simple, like, change in hair color with that wouldn't make them look older, but oh my god. Oh my god, Goldman. Oh my god. He looks like shit. Poor He's fella. He's looking a little rough. Yep. I'm fucked. Well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but Gomert um, decides to start relitigating John Dean's involvement in Watergate. How many? Forty-seven mm-hmm. years later? Is that what it is? Forty-seven mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is man, almost? Wait. Yes. I'll be forty-eight in in uh, on Saturday. So Louis Gomert tries to change what happened almost <laughs> as long ago as I am old. This is so dumb, and it's so, and I love this too because he's so angry. He's so angry, and he's the angriest fucking hillbilly. It's like his goat blew a hoof on the way in, or uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, his mule blew a hoof on the way in, uh, hauling his junk cart to DC. Um, so here we go. This is this is pretty funny. Magruder ended up saying after different versions that you're the one that ordered the break in of the Watergate uh, headquarters. And I see you shaking your head. But uh, did you ever order or convey an order to break into the Democratic headquarters at Watergate Hotel? First of all, on your description of my pleading guilty yeah that came from the new york times you can take it up with them right oh, but, but did you ever explain, order may i explain please? before i answer well you can you either answer that. the question or not I'd be happy to answer your question please uh the question is did i did ever you order, order or yes, ever I'm, convey the order to break into the democratic headquarters uh no all right thank you and I know I wasn't. In fact, I have no evidence that anybody at the White House. Look, I've only got no five evidence. minutes, and okay. the chairman's not as liberal with us as he is with the Democrats. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, you piece of shit. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I really should have played this first. Uh, it's kind of like marriage. When you say it's not a man and a woman anymore, why not, uh, you know, somebody has a love for an animal? Right? I love crab legs. Snow King, you know, the big king crab legs. I love those. You know, thank goodness that the IRS was not around to help the founders when they founded the country, or otherwise they probably shot the... Uh, the Boston Tea Party. I'm a nut. I'm a nut. Aspersion on my asparagus. That's on top of the freedom of the press that's also granted in the Second Amendment. <clears throat> Wrong, Louie. You're a fucking idiot. Anyway. Well, the dumbest thing ever. My meow blew a hoof. My meow blew a hoof. He was close. Second was sure. after the first, right? So, Considering they, they uh, you know... They oh, they live and die by the Second Amendment. They don't really care about the First Amendment. None of them really have. Or else Ted Cruz in the Senate never would have lied and said that the overturning Citizens United was a, was a, an, a, 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 an attack on the First Amendment to overturn the First Amendment. <gasps> Gasp. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Good they God. don't care. They don't care. So he really wants to put it out there. He's really using his seat. In Congress. Take it up with the New York Times. Take it up with the New York Times. (laughs) There was another part where he was like, you know, I'm reading from the New York Times, you know, when they were more um, factual. 
He really said that. I heard him say that. Oh, I hate so him. You are so goddamn stupid, it's unbelievable. It's like, here's from the New York Times when they were more, you know, factual. Yeah, they're more factual when it's a story they like. That's it. You know. Yeah, it's it's such bullshit. I mean, we don't have to relitigate this, but the bottom line is that, no, John Dean did not order the break-in. History will show you that. You stupid, dumb, lily, been pretty clear for some asparagus man. Yeah, it's been pretty clear for the the, a long time. But anyway, um, felt good. Good, good for you. Anyway, we got to run to the break. Uh, We'll be right back with more turn up tonight. We got a lot more. uh, uh, I got some good audio. I got some great audio from Marsha Fudge. I want to play for you Um, from Ohio's 11th district. Uh, near and dear to my heart, of course. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, we, we get some other fun stuff, uh, some cool stuff. Uh, I don't want to spoil that. Uh, there's a, I got a fun surprise story that hopefully, hopefully nobody heard. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna run to the break. I'm gonna go blow by doze, blow by doze, uh, and we'll be back with more. Turn up the night right after this. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Boy, that's that's getting to be a pain in the ass, isn't it? What? What kind of radio station is this? KennyPick.com. Light out everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. And now, on with the show. I'm fucked. Welcome to another edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. You may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer-to-computer contact. That is an easiest idea. Holy macro. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Who said that? Thank you. God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Hey, and welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pig, now with extra... Trainage! Trainage! Yeah, <laughs> so much. <Wow>. And, <laughs> of course, uh, yes, yeah, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com, Radio for Humans. Uh, and um, the Radio for Humans thing still hasn't happened. I'm hoping it happens by the end of the summer. We'll find out what's going on but we got a lot of stuff going on of course big moves programs ending programs shifting around um adam hebert's big move uh congratulations this is his first week in his new job in his new apartment uh and uh apparently trying fish in an air fryer today so there you go and uh <laughs> uh welcome back uh uh to joe santorsis grant pennsylvania the electric city hello sir could you put beer in an air fryer? Uh, probably. Uh, get hot. Probably burn out, all the, burn, out, burn out all. Burn out. all the alcohol. Yeah. Does so. it grill? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know. 
Um, and uh, Rain from Four Freedoms Blog, Washington, D.C., the Beltway Bureau, the Bubble. Trying to figure out what the hell Joe was thinking about. Well, you could do beer beer brats. Air fryer? Sorry, Joe, I love you, but no, no, you can't put beer in an air fryer. Oh, you you can. You could grill. You You know what? Then you can just eat malt. Well, you (laughs) could. What you could do (laughs) is you could, if you want to talk about grilling beer, what you do, what I do is, yes, I do grill beer. I'll make a foil boat with some nice bratwurst from the West Side Market, and I'll put some peppers and onions uh, in there, and then I'll do a beer. And then I'll do a hold Joe, on, and then I'll do a beer reduction on my brats, which is delicious. <clears throat> All right, it's sort of so. like a um, a, a mar- uh, like a, a marinade, right? Uh, yeah, well, it's a reduction. Why it's- would you fry beer? Why not? No, I'm, I'm serious. No, if you want to do a reduction, then boil it down. Look, you, you, I, yeah, that's... I know. Right now, I sound very, very confrontational. I'm sorry. But no, Joe, no. Seriously, no. when the going gets tough... Oh, okay. I know. That's the wrong clip. <laughs> Seriously, okay, Joe, okay, air fry... I, I just want to say, air frying beer, Joe? How do you fuck that up? So <laughs> You can't. You just put the beer in there and air fry it. Okay. See what All happens. Right. Okay. Well, Adam Hebert doesn't drink, right. so... Do you have an air fryer, Joe? No. All right. I don't either. I don't either. Okay. I don't have so, beer either, so it's not going to happen. Okay. So, <sighs> so Joe is just being contrarian. Um, no, t- I just... Time, I, all right. I, could could we could we maybe, maybe spend a little time <laughs> on being a little more productive on the show? I think you, uh, you were on, on the right track. Ken. All, all right. right. Thank you. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Representative Marsha Fudge, Democrat from Ohio's 11th district, reads a letter from a cons- constituent into the into the congressional record. Oh no! Oh, go wrong. If she hadn't said if if she had not referred to this guy as a as a doctor in a in a pastor who wrote the letter, I could have written this letter. <laughs> uh, I was so, uh, I, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And, and bear with me uh, on the audio because I think she kept like turning the pages of, of, of what she was reading and bumping the microphone because every once in a while there's like some microphone distortion, but it goes away towards the end of the clip. It, this is uncut. I'll pause it at certain points where I want to discuss um, so, because like a six-minute clip, but I'll pause it at least a couple times. Mr. Speaker, I rise today to read a letter from a constituent, uh, Pastor Dr. Ronald S. Williams. Mr. Williams asked the question, a mobster, a con man, gangster in the White House? I think so. This past week, Special Counsel Robert Mueller gave a verbal synopsis of his two-year investigative report. Quoted as saying, if we had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. He also said the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. This process would be impeachment. impeachment. The question is, why hasn't the United States Congress started a formal impeachment investigation? In our nation's Pledge of Allegiance, we state that the United States is one nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. Many of us have been to recite this pledge since elementary school. Today's society compels one to ask the question, 
Are we truly one nation under God? I'm going to pause it right there. This is coming from a pastor. No, we're not one nation under God. Because everybody has a different definition of God, and some people don't believe in God. So, pastor, your letter is pretty on point, except for this. And you should really look at the history of when one nation under God, the under God, was inserted in under what circumstances with which it was inserted. And that would be McCarthyism. So, 1950s yeah. Cold War. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the height of the commie scare. Oh, oh, are you a commie? Have you ever been? Have you, have you, have you ever smelled a commie socks? You know. Um, I smelled a commie once. He smelled I, like lavender and sage, and we had luxurious sex. I smelled, I smelled, <laughs> I smelled a commie once, and he smelled like he, he probably should have hit the showers about uh, five days before I uh, whiffed him. Uh, and we did not, more, we did not make, make, we did not make love. Uh, we did not make love. Uh, so anyway, uh, his name was Malachi. Uh, I don't no. remember my commie's name, but when we were done, I was like, guess what, motherfucker? I'm a capitalist. Gotta oh. go. What? Why? Uh, I thought, I mean, I'm a capitalist. I thought you were going to say, and that'll be 300 bucks. No. Oh, no. I should have done <laughs> that. You should have seen. Damn it. See? Uh. So you anyway, follow it with the right line, Rain. Anyway, Look, that, that you know, it was, it was don't derail it. Don't derail it. Don't derail it. We got to get back to Marshall Fudge. So yeah, so the good passer, I appreciate him. I appreciate the, him writing the letter and everything. But the you know, are we truly one nation under God? No, we never have been. Um, so don't don't start with that jingoism. Nancy Pelosi yeah, is a woman who I respect. However, I do believe her hesitancy to impeach this president. Is her opinion based upon polls and her belief that it would further polarize the country. Eh. However, the country is already Relax divided and polarized, which can be greatly contributed to the madness of the president executive to the present executive administration of this country. As a pastor, a father, a grandfather and a friend of many, my answer to this question is no, we are not. I recently engaged in conversation with a pastor's wife who resided in the small community that I attended graduate school. I knew the town was small and malignant with bigotry, ignorance, and racism. As we conversed, I discovered that she, too, was a bigot. She stated that the, president, the present administration was the smartest and most intelligent to ever reside in the White House. I asked her if she was out of her mind. <laughs> What about Roosevelt and Kennedy, she asked. I responded by asking her what she was talking about. She responded by saying they exploited women and it was Obama that divided and polarized the nation. Oh. I knew at that point that she was steeped in her ignorant opinion. I responded by telling her that I was not alive during the Roosevelt years and during the administration of John F. Kennedy, we did not have Internet and the means of communication that we have today. Regardless... At least they both were sophisticated statesmen who publicly presented themselves as leaders. Secondly, the right wing went after Clinton for his indiscretions and Obama was scandal free. It is glaringly apparent that many who support the president administration are either racist, steeped in racist religious beliefs, ignorant, or as my mother used to say, just plain dumb. <laughs> nice. Amen. All right. Amen. I like this guy. 
I like this guy. So plain dumb. And of course, I, I love Marsha Fudge for reading this letter. Makes me want to write one to her. Uh, we'll see. But uh, but wow, I, you know, I, I love this because again, you know, there's. Uh, when she talks about, oh, okay, well, you know, I knew this woman. She's from this town, this very small, backwards, racist, redneck town. I know all those people from Ohio, too. I don't know where he went to graduate school. I don't know if it was, um, uh, maybe it was Bowling Green or something like that. I'm not sure. That that the fits massacre. the bill. Can we have a moment of silence? Oh, yeah. Sure. Here's uh, <laughs> uh, the, moment of, the moment of silence for the Bowling Green Massacre. That's eh, done. Um, so uh, it's where Kelly and Conway lost her legs and had to sit on the couch the way she does. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, you know, so for for this guy to say, you know, I, I, I knew I know these people walking in, and when they open their mouths, it's like I know you're just like all these other folks. You racist, ignorant, dumb. You know, it, it's easy to figure out who these people are. I mean, they tell you, and when they tell you, believe them. So, uh, but but it, it, she's it's getting up to building up to a real doozy here in this letter, which I'm really excited about. They have chosen to support a president who has a proven record of being sexually condescending to women, will not oppose the resurgence of the Ku Klux Klan and other hate organizations, is indecisive, condescending to anyone who challenges him and hides behind his Twitter account rather than dealing with the real issues in our country and around the world. And to put icing on this cake, he is a proven liar. I believe the crooked ascension of Trump to, Trump to the Oval Office is a gauge that measures the declining patriotic and moral values of the many citizens of America, as well as being mm -hmm. the revelation of the hidden bigotry, judgmental attitudes that yet exist in many of those who call themselves evangelicals. This president has surrounded himself with yes men and women who apparently refuse to challenge his madness for fear of his wrath. I believe I can safely assume that the United States is no longer a democracy. A democratic government is one that is governed by the people or their elected representatives. In two years, this man has turned the tide and the nation is spiraling downhill quickly. My growing concern is that the Congress and Senate of the United States have more of a personal interest for themselves rather than a patriotic duty to the people they represent. The Republicans appear to have become a Trump cult, and the Democrats refuse oh. to move against this man in a collective, decisive way. Hello. Oh, 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 Hello. in the record, in the record, what's the phrase? Trump cult. Thank you. Thank you Ken, so much. I, I think you were the very first person who started saying that. I can't say that I ever read anybody saying it before I said it, but I'm sure a lot of people started saying it at the same time as me. I'm, I'm going to be, alright, just to be fair, because I don't want to sound like I'm blowing smoke up your yeah. ass, mm -hmm. but you were the first person I knew who said this is a goddamn cult. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, you know, and, and I did say, I did say Trump cult. Um, yeah. Specifically. I'm happy other people are recognizing this because all right, now it I, kind I, of kind of is. I just want to say this. Cat uh, Cat said, "Watch it with the Bowling Green bashing." All right, this is all I'm going on right now for Bowling Green. I'm just saying, there's a college there. I know a lot of people have gone to college there. I have family members who've gone. Joke. I 
I, I've had a, no, but no, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. I'm I'm honestly thinking it's not, definitely not Kent State, where the graduate school that was you know Kent is not a racist town. I'm not saying Bowling Green is necessarily a racist town, but it's like 92 percent white. I in, was all right. I, I was in, making a joke about Kellyanne Conway and the Bowling Green massacre. No, no, no. I said. I mentioned Bowling Green. I said, I don't know where this woman went to graduate school who was a racist. I said, maybe it was Bowling Green. And I mean, and I have no, I I have, I'm I'm just going to say this. I'm not even going to say family members. There are people that I know who went to Bowling Green who I know have racist tendencies, but they didn't live in Bowling Green except for when they went to college. But the, the actual town or city or whatever of Bowling Green it's like 92% white. Don't tell me that it's a liberal bastion. There's no fucking way. So, uh, but uh, yeah, and, and yes, Kat, I know other people who went to school at Bowling Green that did well, you know, and, and are decent people. But I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not criticizing anybody who went to school at Bowling Green, but I don't think it's the most progressive area of Ohio. I really don't. So anyway, I'm not going to get into a fight over that. It wasn't trashing the school at all. So anyway, um, let's get back to the last uh, little bit of Marsha Fudge. Uh, here we go. I remember the time that we were guided by principle and not by party. Congress, senators, you were not elected to collect a paycheck. You were elected to be the women and men of principle and maintain the health of a democratic nation. It does not take a genius to discern that this man wants to be a dictator in the truest sense of the word. It appears to be drawn to the evil, he appears to be drawn to the evil and tyrannical dictators and is alienating our country from our closest and most trusted allies. This president praises the leaders of Russia and North Korea, while at the same time has been condescending to the leaders of Canada, the United Kingdom and Germany, just to name a few. Something is wrong with this. Despite all of this, there are still many, including evangelicals and people of color, who are resolute in their support of this administration. Thomas Paine wrote, men must conquer their own spirits. Even in the shadows of the guillotine, we must preserve and endure in spite of the threat. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I yield back. The chair will remind members that remarks and debate may not engage in personalities towards the president, including by repeating remarks made elsewhere that would be improper if spoken in the members' <laughs> own words. Are we in order here, or what are we doing? No, you're out of order. The chair recognizes the gentleman. The House will be in order. The House will be in order. You're out of order. The chair... And so are you. What? And so are you. She said... <laughs> uh, nice. So, uh, amen to Marsha Fudge. Amen. I, I don't... I don't see how she's out of order by the, everything the guy said about Trump in the letter was was true. I mean, you know, it, it, everything she said about his supporters was true. Especially the dumb part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're I love the poor I, I love the poorly educated. And you're yeah. out of order. Just- I love the poorly educated. Remember that? Trump said it. Trump said it about his supporters. He was number one with dumb people. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. 
So, uh, but yeah, Marsha Fudge, thank you for reading that into the record. I don't know if there, any of it will be stricken. Um, I, I, does that what that can can somebody go back and strike things that she said for call, saying that she was out of order? I don't think so. Once it's in so. the record, I don't think it can be taken out of the record. So the sonographer types it in. Loose, it's done. You know, use of the word use of the word fuck would be taken out of the record, and that's there forever. Yeah, well, that was part of the, the is that the was record. part of the Mueller report. Yeah, it is. So, I think the only way, unless unless there's a parliamentary rule where you could make a motion to strike something and then yeah. have a vote on it. Yeah. Yeah, but that think, didn't happen think, here. Right. I don't think somebody could arbitrarily just strike things out of mm-hmm. the congressional record unless it's voted on. Yeah, this is something that I I don't I don't know anything about. So that's interesting. Either but you know, was, there was no there was mo- no motion to have it stricken from the record. So therefore yeah. it's in the record. Yeah, it was a very Joe's poor right tendency. I mean, I've, so, I've seen I've seen some of the C-SPAN where like motion to strike. And oh, that well. Happened a lot here's the uh, Bush years. Oh, I bet. Uh, nobody nobody said motion to strike when this happened. Trump is a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, that was nope. in the Senate. That's the <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so anyway, I, I thought I would play that, uh, give everybody a little bit of feel good. Uh, that there, you know, and it wasn't a perfect letter. You know, I mean, I thought there were some things in there that were like, ah, seriously, the, the One Nation Under God thing, dude. No, you know, kind of going after Pelosi. You don't have to do that in the in, in the letter, but um, she she's she just said impeachment's not off the table. So I I know everybody wants to want they want it all they want it now just like the Queen song, but I want it all I want it now. Well, so go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I understand. Pelosi's playing a political long game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I disagree with her. I think uh, they should start the inquiry, but um, she's playing the political long game, and uh, you know, it's a gambit. I, I don't, I don't know. Nobody can predict the effect of impeaching or not impeaching will have. Yeah. Nobody could but predict both, that both he of would them win. The right. presidency, but, but both both options, impeaching and not impeaching, um, carry risk. Yes, yeah. I agree uh, with that. Rain, any other quick thoughts before we go to break? Uh, Green news reports um, coming up here. No, I'm I'm actually I'm actually with Joe on this. All right, I, I know this We're is in not a good part place. of the show, but I don't think I like the Pelosi bashing that I see on the Twitter machine. Yeah, I, I you know. Um, and I don't agree with I don't agree with her putting off uh, impeachment hearings. Well, and it she said she said it's her. yeah she said it's not off the table, and we'll see. And her language has been getting gradually stronger um, as I, I think they work towards building this case with the help of you know the ju- judiciary committee and people like John Dean. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Historical perspective is important. So, um, but anyway, break time. We'll be right back right after the Green News Report. Don't nobody go nowhere. We got name calling to do. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Smooth talking, jive talking, street thug. KennyPick.com. It's Tuesday, June 11, 2019. Two words that get the attention of most national security professionals are uncertainty and surprise. 
and climate change will bring significant amounts of both. Surprise! White House censors intelligence officials' congressional testimony on climate change. India's deadly heat wave triggers water conflicts. Canada to ban single-use plastic nationwide. Plus, we can't wait to act. Former New York mayor launches Beyond Carbon Initiative to fight climate change. All of those fights and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Tornadoes, I don't remember tornadoes in the U.S. to the extent. But then when you look back, 40 years ago, we had the worst tornado binge that we've ever had. You know, a tornado binge. Who hasn't <laughs> Who hasn't gone out for a tornado and had a few too many? This is your Green News Report. Man, what did we do last night? Why does my mouth taste like a flat trailer park? Okay, Desi Doyen, after weeks and weeks and weeks of terrible weather news in the central U.S., good news is... It's clearing up. Bad news. All of that terrible weather has moved to the southeast, where in some places they got a month's worth of rain in one single day yes. over the weekend? Yes, and of course that forced evacuations and high water rescues, and that's exactly in line with observed data that shows heavy rainfall events have already increased in the United States since the 1950s. Well, a foot of rain in a single day, why worry? But it's the opposite problem in India, where a persistent near-record heat wave has killed hundreds of people and triggered water shortages. Temperatures as high as 122 degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Officials have ordered police escorts for all water tankers and guards at water sources after multiple stabbings and assaults in communities that are suffering water shortages. Mm. India's Weather Service reports that heat waves are increasing in frequency and intensity in the country. I bet they are. In the United States, the Washington Post reports that the Trump White House tried to stop a senior State Department intelligence analyst from testifying to Congress about the impacts of climate change on national security because his warnings about, quote, possibly catastrophic impacts contradicts the views of the Trump administration. In a highly unusual move, the White House blocked Dr. Rod Schoonover's written testimony from being entered into the permanent congressional record. However, Schoonover was allowed to speak to the House Intelligence Committee, including this rather stunning assessment. Absent extensive mitigating factors or events, we see few plausible future scenarios where significant harm does not arise from the compounded effects of climate change. People's choices in the present and future, however, dictate the magnitude of many factors. So he was allowed to give his testimony, but the White House just did not allow him to submit his written testimony for the congressional record? Yes. That's kind of nuts. Yep. The Trump Defense Department has also quietly released its new Arctic strategy that characterizes melting sea ice as a factor that is transforming the Arctic into a great powers competition between the U.S., Russia, and China over domination of new trade routes and valuable mineral resources. So it's a great thing. However, the Defense Department strategy just flat out omits any mention of man-made climate change as the driver that is causing those effects in the region. Well, they wouldn't allow them 
to include their written testimony, I guess. But some good news. Canada announced on Monday that it will ban all single-use plastic like straws and cutlery nationwide starting in 2021. They're the latest country to join the global movement to combat plastic pollution. But Canada is going even further. Its environment minister also said the government is going to transfer the cost burden of disposal and recycling of plastic waste away from towns to the companies that generate the plastic waste in the first place. Oh, Canada. So you're saying that the companies are going to have to pay if they want to create disposable plastic. Exactly. So they don't get to pollute for free. Exactly. Sounds familiar. And like a very good idea. Finally, former New York City mayor and billionaire Michael Bloomberg has announced he is donating $500 million to a new campaign in partnership with the Sierra Club. The Beyond Carbon Initiative will focus on closing all U.S. coal-fired power plants and halting the growth of natural gas infrastructure because it will exacerbate climate change for decades to come. In a commencement speech to MIT, Bloomberg acknowledged that because there is no chance of climate change legislation passing in the Republican controlled Senate until after the 2020 election, he's stepping up now. We can't wait to act. We can't put this mission off any longer. Mother Nature does not wait on the election calendar and neither can we. Well said, Mr. Diminutive Mayor. Small man, big money. For much more on all of these reports and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your Green News Report. Hi, this is Tim Coromall from The Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. This is Kenny Pick on Turn Up the Night. I've loved you from the first time I heard your voice. You use your tongue prettier than a $20 whore. You're like a word genius, and everything I say, you twist it around and make me look dumb. I like the way he talks. Do you really think that people don't know the things that I say? At IndieMediaWeekly.com He even talks honky! Trump is a fucking idiot. I'm fucked. I was trying to find more for the honky drop, but I couldn't. I got distracted because I I heard, I'm so tired, tired of waiting, tired of waiting for you. <laughs> Good song from Brad and Desi for the end of um, for the end of the Green News Report. Thank you for that, Brad and Desi. Uh, oh, I tried to find this one. Trump too. cult. There we go. Uh, and also. Oh God, so much. Drainage. There will be snot. There will be blood. I mean, this is what that what that's from. Uh, so uh, anyway, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh God, he was so good in that movie. I love that movie so much. There will be blood. It is such a good film. It is such. Have you guys seen it? Uh, a long time ago. Oh, it's no. such. 
Oh, do, oh, Joe, you have to watch it. It is so good. It is so absolutely good. It, it's um, yeah. It's it's dark. It's ugly. It's it's awesome. Uh, if you like gangster movies, uh, if you like stuff like The Godfather and stuff, I think you'd like you like this. So, uh, I like gangster movies. Yeah, yeah. Check it, like check it out. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you like The Godfather, really. I what? Hmm? You like The Godfather? I, so I never knew. Are you I shocked? Know. I'm really shocked. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like right. everybody's smart. Like dumb. I'm smart and I want respect. Yes. Alfredo. <laughs> took, how long did it take me to finally get that clip? And now we just can't stop playing it. <laughs> Alfredo. Uh, All he so, did was say a Hail Mary and you hear a pop. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. So oh, anyway. You oh, you didn't see the movie. No, no, I saw it a long time ago. I've seen them all. It's just been a very long time. I saw them when I was in my early 20s, so uh, more than half my life ago. Uh, so you remember his little his little boat ride out on... I, I, I do vaguely remember the, the little boat ride. <laughs> okay. yeah, it went so. well. It went well. So I even remember Big Pussy's boat ride. Uh, what, was I Big remember P- Big Pussy's boat ride even more. <laughs> Um, so I, I didn't see all of the Sopranos, but I did see that one. That was Big Pussy on the boat, right? Where they were, he was he was feeling pretty good yes. about himself. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, you gotta <laughs> you gotta be careful when you're a gangster, from what I understand. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you, anyway, you from that. no, Ever. you really don't. Uh, and you know who to blame for that? Blame yourself. You, there you go. Uh, so anyway, welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, well, Joe, since you're not going to be here on uh, Friday, you will usually are our guy Tuesday. So, our, uh, and of course, welcome back, Rain from Four Freedoms Blog, Washington, D.C. Hi. And Hi. Joe, are you ready to get into some name calling, Mr. Electric City? I, I am. All right. I am indeed. Walk to Scranton with me. They place where dreams come true. There is no such thing as an appropriate joke. That's why it's a joke. I say it ain't so joke. I'm going to have to be taking your car today. See, I have some top secret clown business that supersedes any plans that you might have for this here vehicle. Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. We're going to be a bumpy one. <laughs> we could jam and Joe's garage. What's the matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Ain't no party like a Scranton party, cause a Scranton party don't stop. <laughs> All right, let's get straight to the biscuits. <laughs> There's no biscuit, no biscuits in Scranton. We don't have biscuits in Scranton. <laughs> no, don't say biscuits in this house. Don't, biscuit, not in Scranton's house. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's an electric city. What yeah. could I say? Yeah, sure. All right. So, in our in our chat tonight, we have it's a good room. It's a fine it, room. It's a good room. It's a good. It's a Scranton room. Yeah. Actually. Ain't no party like a Scranton party because a Scranton party don't stop. <laughs> I'm glad you took my my cue on that. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. Okay. Um, in our chat room tonight, we have Heather, 
We have Cat. We have Kenny Pick and Kenny Pick Sr. Hello, Dad, and thank you for the Amazon gift card. It will go to good use, because uh, my birthday's this Saturday, and he remembered. Yay! So. Oh, that is that is the best gift, is an Amazon. There's only one thing better. What's, uh, what's that? That's, that's a gift trip to Scranton. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you know what Scranton's like. Ain't no party like a Scranton party, because a Scranton party don't stop. <laughs> yep. You're spooking me, because you're starting to read my mind. Okay. Starting? Well, I'm just happy. I'm just happy, because I, I was just on Amazon looking at, like, 15 or 20 things I was thinking about buying. And I was like, mm, maybe I should wait. And then all of a sudden, ding, there's an Amazon gift card waiting for you. And I was like, well, wait no more. There you go. Yeah. Now, we have... So thanks again, Dad. Cool Black. Go. Thanks again, Dad. I didn't get it. You got it. Okay, Cool Black Dude, Joey. Joey Word. He's there. Yay. Uh, we have Joey KT Word. Kaser. Love KT Kaser. Yep. We love... Living on Long Island, although love, I never lived on Long Island. I love lamp. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, here we go. I love. We're off the rails already, and I'm only halfway through. Carpet. Okay, I, I, I'm here in the chat, and so is Michelle I love in South Florida. Yes. We all know Michelle in South. Rick, Florida. are you just looking at things in the office and saying that you love them? I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. All right, and we love Michelle too, and Miles. And we love and and, and we love room. We and love we love living mm -hmm. on Long Island. And, and we, we do love, love living. I thought I said I, we love living, loving in Long we Island. Did. I said although I never lived in Long Island. Yeah. I love living on Long Island. Yes. Well, anyway, we have Moon Mayor, President. We love Moon Mayor. We I love right. President. We love it. Yo, what's up, Scranton? Hey, Scranton yo. in the house. Ain't no party hey, like yo. Scranton party because the Scranton party don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We have the one and only Tim Coromal. <laughs> we love Tim. What's happening? We love Tim. And always, last but never least, Trojan Rabbit. Yay. That's right. Hey. Uh, and I think that rounds out our. We have no anons. How about that? We did have Sandy and Derwood. Yes, we did. We did. Sandy and Derwood had to leave because I think uh, the chat room was. Uh, acting up. Shantanko was acting it was, up. It was flaring up. It was flaring. As was Skype. I lost you guys for a, a while there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I had okay. to hang up and, and uh, rejoin the call. As they say. Well, oh, I missed, missed that. But thank I don't you. have a clip. I don't have a clip for the Trojan Rabbit, but I do have a clip for the Killer Rabbit. Here he is. Where? Here. What behind the rabbit? It is the rabbit. You silly sod! Oh, you guys all worked up. Well, that's no ordinary rabbit. That's the most foul, cruel, and bad-tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. You tit! 
I saw my arm and I was so scared. Look that! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there we go. I get that whole clip's a, like two minutes long. Um, do, do we have a birthday? I, I know. Uh, yeah, mine is uh, coming up on Saturday. So, and uh, KT Casers got one too. Is that right? When's KT Casers? So, I know Donald Trump's is on Friday. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder happy. if he's going to have a formal dinner and wear his waistcoat. Oh, dear God. I don't think so. Yeah. He looked like a penguin that was ready to explode. The Washington Post's fashion critic. Mm-hmm. Yes, wrote, I saw that. Oh my gosh. I know, I know. That was like death by a thousand cuts. If that man could read, he would have been tweeting about her. Fake news. Oh, wow. You know what? She has no taste. Fake news. No you know, taste. another another thing um, is June 15th has a special significance, too. Not just my birthday. But do you remember what happened on June 15th of last year? Hmm. That was that was three decades ago. No. I have an audio clip from what happened on June 15th of last year. I, it's a little oh. something I made. Here you go. Listen to this. On the morning of June 15th, Paul Manafort woke up screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort went to jail on June 15th last year on my birthday. Remember that? It was like a good birthday president. Uh, Good birthday president. Um yeah. Wow, so he's he's been behind bars for a year. For a year, yeah, for a year on uh, on Saturday. Does he have his ostrich so. jacket with him? No. But yeah, so Katie Kayser's birthday is at three eighteen tonight. I guess in the AM. Uh, so tomorrow, the twelfth. Um, yeah. So there we go. So for me and for Katie Kayser. We got birthday boners. Here we go. This is your birthday song. It doesn't last too long. Hey. Hey. Your birthday song. It doesn't last too long. Hey. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, all dear friends, for coming to my birthday. On the morning of June 15th, Paul Manafort woke up. Screaming. <laughs> Slam. The door slams behind him. <laughs> oh. See you at Rikers. <laughs> yeah, I think he's already at Rikers. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was temporarily here near Scranton uh, for a while. Then they moved yeah. him out west, out to western Pennsylvania. Now he's at Rikers. Well, you know what? I think um, I'm not going to put pressure on, but Katie Kaser, since your birthday is the closest to all of our birthdays right now, you should call the show 330-536-1466. 330-536-1466. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, if we don't hear from KT in, in a couple minutes, then uh, I'll put out the, the solicit for somebody else to give us a ring-a-ding on the telly. 
<laughs> um, I love lamp. Oh, another thing, a quick story before we, uh, before we, if KT Kaser calls, um, uh, here's a quick story uh, before she does. Is um, the the uh, last year about this time, uh, Donald Trump uh, planted a tree in France with uh, Emmanuel Macron, um, and uh, apparently Melania used the tree peelers on it. The best has no, peelers. She used the. She prematurely used. The, she preemptively used the tree peeler on it, mm-hmm. and that tree has died. Everyone, yes, that's right. Just like everything else, Trump touches that tree of friendship with France has died. Seriously, everything he touches dies. Yeah. So uh, five three six one four six six. There you go. Uh, KT is looking for the phone number. Uh, <laughs> she's like, I'm not fast enough with the number. Can you put it in the chat? Yes, that's right. I'll also say it again: three three zero five three six fourteen sixty six or three three zero Ken the number one goo g o o. So, never forget. I love the goo goo dolls. What? I'm Did sorry. I, just kill I, I was show? no. I was coughing. Uh, uh, it caught me off guard, <laughs> and I had, I had to turn it down. <laughs> I actually thought like I, I felt like I'd turn it down uh, too fast, and you heard it, it echoed back at me too. So it caught me off it. guard. Caught me off guard. Um, I still love the Goo Goo Dolls. You yeah, the show. Goo Goo Dolls. Goo. Not a fan of the Goo Goo. Doll. A boy named Goo. A boy. I'm, I'm totally not surprised. No. So, and I don't want the world to see me. I don't really know who I am or whatever. Big airplane. What What was that? That was an airplane flying over, but you guys sounded really weird. I was trying to sing uh, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh. I was trying to sing So Tired of Waiting by the Kinks. Oh. (laughs) Anyway, KT should be calling in here momentarily. We'll see. Numbers See, it chat. wasn't an airplane. It was a helicopter, probably going to oh. Andrews Air Force Base. Oh, the, was it sharding? Was it the shark shuttle? No, the shark no? shuttle came by earlier when he was getting ready to go to Excuse me. Iowa. The sneezed. I didn't mute quick enough for the sneeze. If I muted okay. for every time I coughed or sneezed, it would be it would be a very it would be a show of people saying Ken, Ken. So, are you okay, Ken? Yeah, you okay? Here we go. All right, Katie Kaser, and to the call right now. Uh, Katie Kaser, are you there? Yes. Yes. Thanks for calling the show. Happy almost almost birthday. Thank you. Excellent. Did Hi. you did you turn your radio? Hello. Did you turn your stream? Did you turn your stream down? No, but I hear that right now. Hang on. Okay. All right, that would be good. I should actually just turn my whole sound down because wow, this is this is us entering in like the the continuum. twilight zone. Yes, it's a bit mushy. We're in the the matrix, so you don't hear the wow music either. Yeah. <laughs> Happy early birthday, Katie. Thanks. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing. 
Is that, that what was, we sound like? That was no. That, I think it's World of Warcraft, possibly. Oh. Well, well, well," said yeah. Baby Jessica while having a nightmare. <laughs> I was just playing a quick audio clip to try and uh, Trump ma- cult. I'll try and mask the uh, audio. You you got it there, KT? Yes. All right. So uh, yeah. So how you uh, uh, how you doing? We haven't heard from you. I mean, you've called the show before, right? It's been a long time. I don't. Uh, maybe once, like forever ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's but good to hear your voice. Don't be a stranger. And, and are you uh, uh, are you excited for your birthday? Am I doing what for my birthday? Uh, are you excited? excited. For, are excited. you excited? I'm gonna be fifty three. Not really. <laughs> yeah, what? I'm not far behind. Oh, wait come a on. second. Why? Wait. What? I'm gonna be fifty two in September, <laughs> and I love my birthdays now. So what's going on well, with that? No, I, I I'm I'm fine with it. I've like I finally feel like I'm my age. <laughs> but aside from that You finally caught um, up? Yeah. Oh no, I've come on. I've been fifty three are... like since I was twelve. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. You guys are pups. Fifties. Well, here's the thing. I I remember my fifties. Not in a bad way, in in a you know, intellectual Okay, you, that that's awesome. Yeah. And look, yeah. isn't that nice? Joe remembers his fifties because you know Joe is eighty-five. That years was old. so long ago. <laughs> yes, I was fifty once, and I'm you, liked Joe. it. I liked it. <laughs> when, so uh, but, when I was fifty, I think it's something had, different for women when they get to a certain age. I think it's something different for. K- I think it's probably something Pretty different for everybody. I don't know. I, it didn't thrill me to turn fifty. It didn't I'm sorry. Thrill me I, to turn sixty. I I, I and cut. It's not thrilling me to turn seventy. I'm sorry. I cut. There. I cut rain off. Do you think it's different for women than it is for men, KT? Uh, probably. Mostly, or, just because there are different, you know, BS expectations on both sides. Yeah. I, like I tend to. I tend to agree with that. Do you think and I'm it's, not knocking the fact that you're, you know, I'm not knocking. And I don't think KT is either that we're knocking your guy's age, but there really is a different expectation from women. Yeah, generally I it, speaking. I, I mean, Kate, KT, tell me, you saying that you just turned 50, you're going to turn 52 or 53? 53. Up until a couple of years ago, did you feel like it was we and when I say a couple of years ago I'm talking like 10, 15 where we weren't supposed to tell people our age did you find yeah, that I've always, I've always totally disregarded that except for uh, occasionally I would like neglect saying anything because the presumption was I was older not because I looked at people be- but because, you know, I would be talking and utilizing good sense, I guess. Okay, see, I wouldn't, you know. smarter than me. Here, here's, smarter than me. Here's my thing is I, as a man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people my age if I was trying to get into a bar underage. Well, I'm just but, making a joke. 
<laughs> but the thing is, uh, like, I'm going to get harassed tomorrow by my mother because I don't have any gray hair yet. And this takes her and my little sister off. My little sister's been gray since she was, like, 30. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And she got my dad's jeans, and I, I didn't, so. Well, let's, yeah, I, I you don't know. Have, I'm just starting to get gray hair. Now, my, my middle sister is getting gray, but I think it's because she has two children. Yeah, well, that, that'll do it uh, to her. Tell her to get on to uh, flaxseed oil, and then oh, it'll I will. turn that right around. Well, there you she'll go. turn okay. that right around. At one to two grams a day, first thing in the morning. Otherwise, she might have insomnia-like issues. So, oh. KT, we only have a few minutes left with you. I just wanted to find out what, what are your plans for your birthday? Um, well, I wanted to go to North Market for lunch. Okay. Um, Mom might be vetoing that because she doesn't want to drive downtown. And, and remind everybody where, where 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 you are uh, in the world. I am <laughs> um, in Milford Center, Ohio, which is southwest oh. of Marysville, Ohio. Oh shit! I forgot you were in Ohio. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we we kind of made tentative plans somewhere in the vicinity of our birthdays to get together somewhere midway. Yes, that's right. So. That's right. It should. It, it, yeah. So uh, I I am going to Columbus on a day trip on Saturday, but okay. uh, it's I'm I'm going to a toy convention. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we we'll have to do that sometime. That'll be fun, even not for our birthdays. Just just to for uh, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah, just go to you know me and Susan will come down and we'll meet for lunch or dinner, okay. what have you. But uh, so, uh, what are other options if Mom vetoes the plan? Uh, Yanni's uh, on Cleveland Avenue. Oh, they've got the best everything. <laughs> is it kind? Of, is it a? Is it a? What, what, what's the cuisine? Is it like Americana or comfort food? It, it's pretty much Greek. Greek. Oh, Greek, oh. Greek. Well, I, I guess should have guessed from the name Yanni. So yeah. Do they play Yanni's music in there? Oh dear! Well, I'm hoping they still have their lemon chicken soup and saganaki and their hummus appetizer. Yeah. Do you, do they make so good? The uh, do, do they what's what's that? Uh, gr- oh, what's that stuff called? Um, that Greek. It's it, it's it, a lot of people call it Greek lasagna, but it's not Euro? even lasagna. No, no. Spaghetti oh, The masak. M- m- you Musaka, right? Musaka. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see how good I am at Greek. Spekanova. Spekanaka. Like that. Yeah, it's like I think it's Musaka, but uh, yeah, are you a fan of that or or no? I kind of like eggplant, but honestly, when we're talking Greek, if they if they have gyros and they have the right kind of tzatziki sauce. Oh that's yeah! Every single freaking time. Oh my that's god! Okay, me. that's me too. All right, all right. I think I know what kind of place we're going to eat at when we meet then. So, <laughs> uh, although I unfortunately have to eat the chicken gyros a lot because of my gout, but if the the tzatziki sauce right. is uh, is good enough, uh, you know, I can always pretend. You know, I told my late mother-in-law my fa- uh, I I said. Um, 
every time I take a bite of a gyro, it makes me happy and sad at the same time. Because I'm happy I'm eating it, but I'm sad there's that much less left. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and again, it it has to be done right. I'm going to get those appetizers and then a small gyro platter, probably substituting in onion rings for the fries. Ooh, there we go. I like it. I like it. And uh, I'm always a fan of hummus, but I don't like... uh, Baba so much. I don't like Baba Ganoush so much because the eggplant. They do something to theirs. I don't yeah. know what, but it doesn't taste like any hummus I've ever had. Do you think it's it's heavy um, on the tahini or in a good way? Yeah, is it heavy on the tahini or the olive oil or lemon maybe? I'm not sure what they do hmm. or how they tweak it, but of course it's Greek, so it's, there's garlic and everything. So oh god, yeah, that might be a factor i I don't know all right all right well kt thank you i'm not sure it's just it's great yeah well thank you for calling consensus because like when i was reading on the site Mm -hmm. to try to figure out what might be good for my mom or grandmother to have yeah um uh, i kept coming across whatever you do get the hummus it's amazing (laughs) nice nice and this is like from back in 2010 and 2012 but see i remember when they were there in like 1990 yeah so well very nice so and it was good then so well happy birthday sister and yeah we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll talk more uh about uh meeting up sometime soon because susan and i are looking forward to doing a bunch more day trips this year uh, and I'll figure out a good good halfway point or something like that because, you know, we're 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 going all over Ohio, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, and you you would have my number now, right? I do have your number. I do have your okay. number now in in uh, the Skype. But if I lose it, I will uh, message you on Facebook. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. All right, excellent. Although well, I'm really bad about checking Facebook, maybe. All right, well, I'll I'll try and I'll try my. Show. I'll try my, my best to uh, save your number. Uh, so, okay. uh, all right. But it, happy it, birthday! Happy birthday! Happy Thanks. birthday! Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. So, uh, that was an awesome call. Look at that. We had a, a birthday uh, birthday person calling us. So that's cool. I would love to hang out with KT uh, uh, anytime. We'll see what happens. So. Uh, but anywho, all right. Well, happy birthday, KT, and because uh, her birthday again is the closest to uh, is anybody's. And yeah, I'm sorry I mentioned uh, that one birthday from that shark monster earlier. But yeah. um, oh, and happy birthday, uh, King Diamond. I think his is on Friday. <laughs> Heavy metal singer King Diamond. So, uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and run to the break. We'll be right back with uh, the final hour. Excuse me, of Turn Up the Night right after this. Friends, here's some exciting news. Everybody, I know you can believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you will know how to... Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Thanks up, everybody, for walking more! This is metal aficionado Kenny Pick. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, it's... Gods and Monsters. Gods of Metal and Monsters of Rock, right here on Indie Media Weekly. 
Brace yourselves for two big hours of hard rock and heavy metal, selected from my own personal music vault. You'll hear classics from the extended family trees of Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and Kiss, heavy metal standards like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Dio. You'll get a heap and helping of power metal, speed metal, thrash, melodic, glam, you name it, it's here. Except death metal and new metal. I do not like that stuff. You'll hear guitar virtuosos and shredders from the Leviathan and Shrapnel Records catalogs. Rare gems from the new wave of British heavy metal. Some guilty pleasures in the form of 80s hair metal. And rock and metal from around the globe. Gods and Monsters. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. And now, on with the show. Trump Cult. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. What you're about to see is nothing short of a miracle. So revolutionary that at this point in time, there is nothing else like it anywhere. Now you may ask yourself, how is this possible? Computers, that's how. He has a machine and a cord right out of his computer. Prepare to make computer to computer contact. It is an idiot idea. Holy macro. The internet, that's the one with email, right? You've got mail. Yeah, who said that? God bless the internet. That's where the real action is. Come on and take a look. This could be very interesting indeed. Well, hi there, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, broadcasting live on IndieMediaWeekly.com Worldwide, radio for humans, and home of extra special... Trainies. Oh, that's terrible. Trainies. Uh, spoilers, Joe. If you haven't seen, there will be blood. Spoilers. Drainage. <laughs> okay. Out of context, it, it means nothing. So. Uh, but yeah, Joe Santorsa, Scranton, Pennsylvania, The Electric City. Um, uh, there's uh, also this. This is a good one from uh, uh, There Will Be Blood. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. There you go. <laughs> That's related wow. to drainage. That's related to drainage. So, <laughs> uh, so are you sold? Are you going to watch There Will Be Blood now? Uh, yes. All right. And I'll just take your recommendations. Oh, good, good. Yeah. In uh, I think it's I think it might be available on one of the streaming services. I actually bought it on Amazon, but. Uh, uh, Rain from Four Freedoms Blob Blob <laughs> Four Freedoms Blob. Oh, <laughs> Hello, Blob. <laughs> Hello, Blob. Hello, Bob. Where's the Blob? He creeped and leaped and glides and slides across the floor. Anyway, uh, welcome back, Rain from Four Freedoms Blog, Washington D.C. Thank you, thank you, sir. You're very welcome. And uh, all right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, and thank you, KT Kaser, for calling in. I'm looking up. I think she said New Milford, Ohio. That that's that looks to be around like Rootstown, which is uh, close to Canton, Ravenna. So I know I know where that is. So um, yeah, so we can definitely meet up. That's not far away at all. That could be on the way to one of our trips to Canton sometime um, uh, to see uh, Susan's family. Uh, or on the way to see Kenny Pick Sr. That's not too far out of the way. 
Uh, might be a good halfway point between there and the Youngstown area. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and uh, get back to the audio vault for the uh, for the program. And uh, oh, I'm looking at the. Let's see. Uh, you know, here let, just for fun, yeah, because Paul Manafort went to went to jail on June 15th. Uh, this is also the the it was uh, a year ago, almost to the date where Trump uh, said said this. A lot of easery. A lot of easery. You know, veto lottery. What? Or the the the, the, the visa lottery. Oh, Jesus. Because, and Ducey had to correct him on it. Then we have uh, the lottery program, right? It's called Lottery Visery. Uh, Diversity it, Lottery Program. Yeah, or Lottery Visa. Okay, oh one of <laughs> The Lottery Visery. The Lottery Visery. He really, he's, he's, he's. Lottery Visery. Yeah. Or and, dyslexic. Oh, yeah. We yeah. can go with that, right? Mm, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> sure, let's go with dyslexic. What's this? I, I don't know what this is. It says Mrs. Miller, happy birthday. What is this? Happy birthday to oh. <laughs> you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Wow. That's Mrs. Miller, everybody. <laughs> well, that was lovely, so lovely. Maybe not. No, uh, no. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there we go. Th those are just a few things from the folder from last year at this time. Let's go ahead and get to the folder from this year at this time, 611. And uh, I, I want to play this one. This one for Pride Month, uh, I, I think, is important. So first of all, uh, there's, a, there's a fella out in Oklahoma with a pickup truck. So everybody knows. That's who this story's about. There's a feller out in Oklahoma, and he's got, his name's Cody, and he got his pickup truck, and he likes going fishing, and he likes doing... See, I'm setting this up to make it sound like it's going to be a derogatory, but actually it's kind of awesome. This is uh, CNN's Don Lemon talking to a fellow named Cody Barlow from Oklahoma. When Cody Barlow missed the Pride Parade in Tulsa, the closest celebration to his rural Oklahoma town, he found another way to be an LGBTQ ally. Look at that picture on your screen. Using duct tape and mailbox letters, he decorated the tailgate of his 1991 Chevy Silverado with a rainbow pride flag and a message. Not all country boys are bigots. Happy Pride Month. Cody Barlow joins me now. I'm very impressed that you still have that Chevy, by the way, as well. Uh, <laughs> thank you, sir. I appreciate you joining us. Um, what led you to stick a massive... Uh, pride flag on the back of your truck well it was nothing in particular about this year or this pride month i think it had been a culmination of building up over the years and um being exposed to to people that were members of the lgbtq community uh, speaking to them learning about them uh, hearing about oh. their their lives and what they have dealt with and so it just kind of all brought up to this it 
it made me feel like I needed to do something, uh, especially seeing a lot of the negativity in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pulse nightclub shooting was one that I had remembered, and uh, just recently uh, having the neo-Nazi groups going to the rallies and messing with them, and it's just, I felt like I, I needed to do something, and I wanted to do something that really helped, and I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't know how I could do anything in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma, um, and so I just got the idea. I remembered there were colorful duct tape at some of the local stores, and I went and picked it up and um, put that in the pride flag design, put some mailbox lettering above it, uh, stating, you know, not all country boys are bigots. And so, uh, yeah. you know, the whole goal with this is having friends and family uh, that are LGBTQ, uh, a lot of people in that community, people I've worked with in the past, a lot of great people that have dealt with a lot of bad things over their lives, and um, especially, you know, knowing people that even their own family turned their back on them. And I'm sure in many other places it is like this, but around here, I mean, you, you don't turn your back on blood. And so that really struck me, and I, I just I couldn't stand that. Uh, somebody that I know personally, and I just I, I couldn't take it. I had to do something. I had to say something. And it wasn't just that. Like I was saying, it was just a lot of different things. Amen. Amen. See, I tried to trick everybody thinking I was talking about some good old boy, but no, Kate, Cody Barlow. It looked really cool too. If you if you if you look up Cody Barlow uh, Pride Truck, just do a Google search for that. Um, and you know he he got mailbox letters and uh, and duct tape, and he made this awesome Pride flag on the tailgate of his truck, and and it says not all not all country boys are bigots. Happy Pride Month. That's a great way to be an ally, especially when you're in a really rural, I mean, uh, area. In, in well, a typic- the other thing that he said in that interview was that he had family and friends. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I, That's a huge part I, of it. I, I find myself time and time again that family, when you have family and friends who suddenly are in a place, you know, where they're, they're gay, they're... They might have had an abortion or all these different things. But suddenly, you know, these these guys, Cody is a good, he's a good guy because he came around. He mm-hmm. didn't say he came around, but he came around. He's the one who said, I, you know, I got family. I got family who's gay. Yeah. And I felt like I needed to do something. Yeah, do, and do you think I'm misrepresenting that? No, that's no, what I heard. no, not at all. I, I think you're representing it uh, perfectly. So because uh, you know, and, and again, um, people in rural communities, um, whether they're you know they're an ally or they're actually LGBT LGBTQA, um, you know, everybody's taking a risk. I'm sorry. The the I, I'm hearing my voice through my nose, and I'm saying things, and I'm trying to repeat them, and it's it's it sucks. Um, Your voice but, sounds good, Ken. Don't. It, well, no, it's nasally. It's nasally, and it's tripping me up. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, uh, Joe. You know, we're we're all allies here on this program. Uh, you know, uh, but again, this is a guy who. He's in the middle of BFE and he's doing this. 
Yeah, that takes balls <laughs> to do yeah. that. And, uh, but we need more of that. You know, it's easy to live in uh, a big city where there's a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're in a rural area like that, and to, uh, to you know, come out and, and uh, wave your pride flag. I mean, I mean that's that that's that's balls. It is yeah, balls. It is. It is. And it, it, to me, to me, quite honestly, it's one of mm. those things where we we rail against Republicans and conservatives on this show. But when you have somebody who is a conservative out there in in rural America, who who realizes, oh my God, now I'm, this is this is a story I'm just kind of putting on top of this because I don't know Cody, yeah. But I suspect he is somebody who found out there's a member of his family who he loves deeply, who is a member of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, and he could not. He could not find a way to be like, well, I can't hate you because I love you, and instead of trying to figure out how to deny it, he embraced it. It's it's one of those things when it comes to conservatism. Every conservative, seriously, every conservative is against something until they're faced with a certain issue. That affects them personally. And then yeah. suddenly they're like, yep, I think I might be changing my mind. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Well, I, I hope that makes sense. It I does. Mean, it does. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. writing Mad Libs. So if my response wasn't quick enough, <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm, I'm sorry. I think I think uh, I think that's it. Right. I, I think that uh, whether it's uh, having a, a gay child uh, come out, whether it's uh, having someone who has a chronic disease and needs health care. Yeah. Yes. I think these these things uh, change a person, you know? Sure. It's one thing to think of those things in the abstract. It's another one when, when it, it's crashing down in your life. Yeah, I think this is a big difference between people like myself, <laughs> who I consider myself a liberal, and, and friends of mine who consider themselves conservative, they often change their view when something that they just kind of looked at from the outside and pointed their finger at, they change real quick when it comes back home to them. And sure. I feel like liberals, liberals, I shouldn't, no. No, I do feel like this is liberals. Liberals don't need to have something affect them personally to start to look out for other people. Sure. The idea of converting conservatives to to the idea of being more open-minded is saying, oh, this affected you and you hurt? Well, I understand that. Now, let me introduce you to other people who hurt like you. I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. Uh, let me play the next clip uh, from uh, Cody Barlow with Don Lemon. Uh, here we go. What's been the reaction, Cody, both at home and online? What has it been like so far? Um, mostly, I mean, at home, a lot of support. Uh, my parents, big supporters of the community. 
Uh, they've, they've always raised me properly, uh, very open-minded, and uh, taught me about diversity, culture, and uh, friends, family, locals. Uh, they're all really supportive. I haven't had anybody approach me in a negative manner uh, face-to-face. Um, social media, initially, the first night I, I made the post on Facebook, um, it didn't get that great of a reaction. There were some positive comments, but they hadn't outweighed the negatives yet, and so I started to kind of question making the post. But uh, now that it's really taken off, it's overwhelming positive response. I, I, I couldn't believe how much this really impacted people. It was just, it's amazing. What, um, for you, what does it mean to be an ally? Well, it means a lot of things to me, but I think one of the most important things is being in my position that somebody that hasn't dealt with that kind of hatred or judgment um, over the years um, and seeing it, um, I didn't like that when I was younger I wasn't doing anything about it, I wasn't saying anything. I thought that was just the norm. And so ah. stepping up and helping out where I can and using my voice, especially being in my situation, just you know, a straight white guy from Oklahoma uh, driving a big jacked-up truck. I do all the you know typical things, going mudding and floating the river, and some people call it tubing or whatever, fishing. Um, I'm, I'm just like everybody else around here as far as like what's the perceived common person. Mm-hmm. And um, I figured maybe using my voice in my position, people would be a little bit more understanding and open to listening to me because I feel like there's already a preconceived notion when somebody hears from a member of the LGBTQ community, um, it's like they just automatically judge them and don't want to hear anything they have to say. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, being an ally in this position can help out. But Yeah. Well, Cody, um, well, I thank you. And it really means as a member of the LGBTQ community, I thank you. And listen, I'm a Louisiana boy, so I did, I'm a gay man. I did all those things that you, I used to mud. My friends had big jacked right. up trucks, so, but I really, I really appreciate yeah. you doing what you're doing. Thank you for coming on CNN and talking to us. Appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you having me. It really does help. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. Country boy ally, Cody Barlow, man. You rock, mm. brother. Good for you. So... Uh, you know, it just, it, you know, again, it, it just kind of warmed my heart because again, he looked and talked just like a bunch of guys that I grew up with in rural Ohio. Um, a few of the guys that, you know, I hung out with turned out to be decent human beings after the fact, but for the most part, nah, just <laughs> garbage, garbage wrapped in skin, <laughs> you know, uh, just wanting to judge for no reason, for no reason. Like, does this person, you know, does does the way this person lives affect your life? Of course it fucking doesn't. You just don't like it. You just, you just don't like it. Fucking stupid rednecks. Yeah, I, I, I got to give them credit. Because, you know, I'm, I'm from a place where it's just, I'm balls to the wall. Equality. I don't want to hear yeah. that if you think woman death, just I'm in that place where I don't, I'm not afraid. And I'm in yeah. a safe place, right? When I say safe place, I don't have to worry about this shit. Um, Cody is in a place where it's rural freaking Oklahoma. 
at the very least, he's asking for his truck to be vandalized. You know? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I think I think we're in a kind of a strange, fluid position when it comes to equality and and you know um, supporting guys like Cody, and also saying, well, dude, this should be normal. It's yeah. not normal because I think a lot of times we forget about really rural states <clears throat> like right. Oklahoma and and Mississippi and we like John Brittable down in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Dot exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ve- Air mean, Force veteran John Brittable. Air Force veteran. You you would look at John and you would say, "Uh oh, redneck, right?" Yeah, he has he has the the typical Texas look and and uh, you know, but but you, but there he is, and he's putting his uh, himself out on the line, and he's yeah. told us he's lost family, he's lost mm-hmm. friends over uh, what he does, and uh, that takes that takes guts. I I agree. Takes, I agree. Yeah, it does take guts. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, as I heard, as I heard that, you know, that lemon interview, I really went back and forth, feeling like, oh, why should we be celebrating him? And then I realized we should be celebrating Cody. And I say that as a white straight woman, but we should be celebrating him because he did that in a place in this country where it's not safe. And I feel like. I mean, I, I feel like I want to ask Cody, hey, Cody, mm-hmm. how do you feel about abortion rights? Like, I want him to be all in that package. But, yeah, but I do it, feel like we have to get allies wherever we can. One fight at a time. Does that, I, I hope that made sense. I, I, that's, that's what I'm taking take, from you right now is that you, you're saying one fight at a time. If we can... If we can get somebody on our side, realizing being a bigot towards somebody who who simply loves the way they they were born to love, um, yeah. you know, if, if we can if we can take that at face value, and then you know go from there, then that's a win. If there's an ally out there who is going to stand up for the people, you know that need to have people stand up who aren't, you know, I mean, because that's, that's the thing that, you know, I'm not trying to place a higher importance of allies against the people who are actually truly suffering. I'm the, not either. The right? LG, that was the yeah. Point that no, I was no, no. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm just getting to that on my own dialogue here is that, you know, I'm not trying to place their importance above, uh, you know, people in the lgbtqa community um and uh but i i think that every ally is a win you know and um and we should take it uh, as such and then we can have the 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 deeper discussions later when we you know I'm not saying you know well you know we, we don't want trojan horses uh, although trojan rabbits we're okay with um, yes, yay Trojan rabbits. But you know, I, I mean, it, it is. Um, it, it's it's it's. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these things. Uh, you know, I want to see big victories, and we did have some big victories under Obama that were never going to happen under a, a, a Republican. 
and you know Trump is trying his damnedest to undo a lot of that. But I think yeah, it's going to be is. it's going to be a lot harder to undo that when you have people out there like Cody Barlow who lives in rural Oklahoma, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have somebody in rural wherever standing up and, and saying no, that's wrong. And, Katie and it's, Kaser it's just a- posted in the chat that. Um, Cody Barlow is also a Navy veteran with PTSD who advocates for medical marijuana. Um, and he has a few plus something. I, I don't know that part. Excuse but me. He's, he's, he's a guy. He's a guy who's out there. He's a Navy veteran with PTSD. Wow. He's out there advocating for equality. And, and one thing I want to say is that when we talk about LGBTQ and all of the other letters, and I'm not trying to be dismissive, I really want people to also include women with this. Because we are all on the same side. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same side. Well, on uh, we do have to go to the break. Um, I, and I know. We- I talk we, too much. No, again. no, no, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna go to the break, and we're gonna hear. Uh, uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've heard this. We're gonna listen to uh, uh, a nice song for the nice people from Bobber, uh, because you know what, Cody, you got a lot of heart, and this song's called the Heart. So let's go ahead and play that. When we come back, I got one more bit of audio from Joe Biden, and we got a couple Mad Libs. Be right back with more Turn Up the Night right after this. Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick. Occasionally I get a jerk like you here, so thank you. KennyPick.com
Beatty. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are From the Bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the Bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. You are listening to Indie Media Weekly. I am Michelle Lagan, co-host and Dungeon Master of Mike Check Radio. And I am Miles Lagan, co-host and Galaxy Master of Mike Check Radio. You know, a Galaxy Master is just a glorified Dungeon Master, except for you play with laser swords. They're called lightsabers? Anyways, tune in every Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern to hear host Adam Hebert and us discuss politics and nerd stuff. Indie Media Weekly. All the power without the tower. Hi, I'm Tim Cormall, host of The Tim Cormall Show. And I'm Joe Santos, a co-host and head mechanic of The Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Turn up the night with Kenny Pick. Where is it that you're from? Cleveland. Cleveland. Lake Erie. Erie. What was once the mistake by the lake is now the roar by the shore. I'm rapidly becoming a big underground success in this town. Cleveland has taken its honored place in the building of America. Thank you, Cleveland. Thank you, Washington, D.C., and thank you, Scranton. Uh, sorry, I just got done with a big coughing fit there. <laughs> so, my congestion. Oh, seriously, more than Trainings. Oh, yes. Trainings. So much. Uh, and, uh, yep, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome back uh, to both of you. Um, I want to play this quick audio clip today because... Um, Fat Donnie um, has been sharting about this. Uh, you know he's uh, he's he's not he's not happy about this. But uh, um, of course, before he got to Iowa, uh, Joe Biden was there today. And uh, as we like to do, we like to feature audio from some of the different folks uh, who are going to be. You know, uh, again, it's so early. We've got like two dozen people running for for the democratic nomination at this point i know there's a lot of people that we won't feature on this show um tulsi gabbard is one of them uh you know that i'm sorry but if you were for conversion therapy at any point in your life um nope (laughs) nope yeah stupid people are ruining america thank you herb kane yeah. Bye bye. Seriously? Seriously. 
I I don't know how that even fucking works. I mean, how? Yeah, yeah. Really, no. You can't but, consider yourself a a Democrat and say that you were for conversion therapy. No, Period. that's full it, stop. Yeah, end yeah. of stop it, motherfucking. Just no, no. Yeah. Goodbye, goodbye. Uh, yeah, so Tulsi Gabbard, just just drop out now. Save a, save save your supporters a few bucks. Um, and uh, but yeah, but Joe Biden, he is one of the front runners. But w- again, on this show, we have featured uh, audio from uh, from Mayor Pete, from Beto, from uh, uh, Kamala Harris, from Elizabeth Warren. Uh, you know, uh, uh, from Amy Klobuchar, a lot of people, a lot of people who are front runners. Uh, nothing so far, uh, nothing has, has piqued my interest about what Bernie's talking about so far, so I haven't played it, but this I wanted to play because Joe Biden is is really sticking in Donald Trump's craw. And, uh, oh yeah, de Blasio too. Yeah, living, yeah, no, no, no de Blasio either. What, what's up with de Blasio? Yeah. His, his... Seriously, his approval rating in New York is lower than Trump's. So uh, again, it is. Yeah. Or should we just should we just uh, uh, tow the Trump cult fake uh, 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 fake news line with that? So you know what, Kenny? I'm going to make a request. You can't believe polls. Maybe, maybe not this Friday. Yeah. But at, at a certain point, I would like to have a discussion without bashing candidates this is key sure why are certain candidates running yeah i, yeah. I would love to have a discussion like that on the show sure i i, I would love to do, do that without too. bashing candidates you know it's probably gonna have to be a post-party uh show that's what it's actually what i'm thinking yeah so I, I would love that and, and you know what sure. i would like between now and Here's what I would like from our listeners between now and um, let's say, let, let me pull up my calendar. Um, between now and Tuesday the 25th, I would like you to send me over on Facebook or on Twitter or in my email. If you, um, Let me know if you don't know how to get in touch with me. Send me video clips of the candidate you really like. Um, and I will get audio for it. Love this. And you know, yes. I, but I would like to do that, or put it on the turnips page on Facebook too. Uh, I'll put a yeah. post out. I'll put a post out there, and just we'll make an event. We'll make an event in uh, the turnips page, and say you know, countdown to you know, um, twenty twenty or something like that. I don't know. And and we'll try and get you know uh, you know it could be a clip from any of them, but it, it, the only condition is something that they've said since they've decided to run. You know. Yeah, I really like that because we're two weeks away from the first prime, uh, the first debate. Yeah. And I I would love to have us going into the primary season, having a really good conversation about different you know different people who are running i'd love to talk about them a lot more than i'd like to talk about trump (laughs) yeah i don't want to knock anybody yeah but i i would like to hear why people think certain people 
Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, are worthy or or unworthy? Yeah. You know, and I don't want it to get into a shit talking thing. I mean, I'd love to do an open phones, you know, some open phones shows about this too. But well, I think we should work on this. We should work on this. And uh, like I said, I'll work on creating an event in turnips and uh, lay out a few parameters for uh, contributions from listeners. That would be fun. So, uh, and if you don't know. But but not you, Tulsi. Not you, Tulsi. Yeah, Tulsi, you're straight out. Sorry. You know. De Blasio, sorry. Well, no, somebody. Uh, I if I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll get. I'm I'll okay give. Okay with De Blasio, but Tulsi, no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Tulsi, she, but seriously, the one who was just like, do you think we anybody listen to Assad? No, oh, Tulsi, yeah. no. Sure, Jill Stein. We should listen to Putin. Yes. So, um, uh, you know, I, I do. I do love uh, Tulsi Gabbard's uh, campaign slogan, though. I'm fucked. Uh, it's it's a good wow. one. Solid bumper sticker quality. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. So, in De Blasio, my, uh, De Blasio's is seven, uh, huh? Seven characters. That'll yeah. fit. Sure. Not yeah. a bumper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It fit on a license plate. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, De Blasio's uh, campaign slogan, love it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't take De Blasio seriously. He has no national appeal. He has no national I, appeal. I can't take him seriously because he killed a groundhog. Uh, I don't care about that. Uh, you know, you know yes, what? Yes, he did. Let he me just tell you something. I guess I can't run for president now. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, but you didn't drop him on a. I don't understand why De Blasio is running at all. I don't, I don't get it. I don't either. He's but the all right, mayor all right. Of New York City. There why? has we gotta, never been a we, mayor we, of New York City that has ever ascended to the presidency. What about Rudy ever. Giuliani? He he won, didn't he? He got uh no. how, he got no no Giuliani got how much percent of the vote? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. I was setting up a joke. How about, how about Lindsay? Lindsay? Oh, Lindsay? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, remember Mayor Lindsay? Yeah, he, he ran for president. He, he didn't become. He didn't become president. No, I don't even think he became governor. Oh Come my on, god! People. All that right, all sweet. right. We got. We only have a limited amount of time, I and I, I forgot we have a Tucker See? Carlson story for for everybody tonight. Joe too. and Joe and I are going into all, all right. kinds of New York City and East Coast Stop. politics. Stop all right, yeah. Joe Biden's Iowa speech, part of his Iowa speech from today. And by the way, seriously, somebody, whoever was in charge of his microphone in the PA, fire that person. But here we go. Uh, Biden, it, very similar to. Uh, the ad that he ran recently about Trump, but he expounds upon that a little bit more. So, uh, Trump is an existential threat to our nation. Look, I, I believe that the president is literally an existential threat to America for three reasons. One, uh, he is a genuine threat to uh, our uh, our core values. And if you wondered about that, remember what happened in Charlottesville. I never thought I'd see that happen in my lifetime again. You had people come climbing out of the fields and from under rocks, carrying torches, contorted faces, chanting the same anti-Semitic bile that was chanted in Europe and in Germany in the 30s. Same exact language. Carrying, carrying Nazi flags, accompanied by white supremacists, accompanied by the Ku Klux Klan. 
and confronted by decent people who said, not in my city. And what happened? When he was asked to comment on it, he said, quote, there were very fine people in both groups. No president of the United States, Democrat or Republican, has ever, ever, ever said something like that. Never. Round the world. Round the world. But most importantly, as a response heard by our children, our children are listening. The idea that we give credit. Look, folks, America was built in a way we were built basic core values. Decency, honor, leaving no one behind, realizing that there are things that are bigger than you in America, that we have to get together, we have to co cooperate. But this is a guy who does everything to separate and frighten people. It's about fear and loathing. It's about what he, the way he calls people the names he calls them. No president has done something like that, for God's sake. I mean, it's bizarre. And it's damaging. And so I think he's genuinely a threat to our core values. And he's a threat to our standing in the wall on the D-Day ceremonies. The D-Day ceremonies. It was astounding to me that he was tweeting attacks on everybody, from the mayor of London to uh, Bette Midler. He found time to go after Bette Midler, for God's sake, in the middle of the D-Day ceremonies. For real. Not a joke. And, uh, and instead of repairing the relationships with our allies, he's continued to damage them. You know, think about this. No president of the United States has ever, ever, ever since the end of World War II, we built that Atlantic Alliance and NATO, ever threatened to leave NATO. Never gone after our allies, embracing dictators and thugs, from Putin to Kim Jong-un, calling them my friend, sending love while he's sticking his, poking his finger in the eye of our allies. What's going on here? This is really dangerous stuff. Amen. Amen. And again, whoever ran that microphone, PA, sound system, whatever, get in a new line of work. You suck. Uh, but it, what what Biden had to say there, I'm behind 100%. I'm not saying I'm behind Biden 100% at this point because it is still too early. But what Way he said early. there was powerful stuff. I, I mean, in, in encapsulating that, I mean, in, you know, it, that might be kind of a throwaway line to a lot of people, but on D-Day, he found time to go after Bette Midler. In the middle of the night. And hold up the ceremony while he gives it yep. an interview to Laura Ingram with the background of the crosses. Yes. Oh, God almighty. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine anything more unpatriotic, more un-American than what he did on the seventh, seventy-fifth anniversary of D-Day. And, and you're right about Biden. And and here, here's the thing about Biden and about uh, candidates. You're right; it's all early, but we need somebody like we need Biden or somebody like Biden who has the gravitas to to say these things. Yeah, that people will listen, that people find them credible. He has an understanding you know? of history. He's a statesman, and um, he's been there. I mean, he's done yeah. it. 
He's been vice president. He he he's he's been a senator. He he's been he's been a in effect a diplomat for the United States. What we need Sorry, I have a helicopter rolling. That's over. okay. Choppers. We need some We need someone like him to be a credible threat to uh, to Donald Trump. And that's yeah. Don't don't kid yourself. That's why Donald Trump and his minions are so worried about Joe Biden. Oh yeah, because he's just the type of candidate that could could take Trump down. That's why you know Fox News is like, oh, how's Joe Biden's health? Oh, in in yeah. Well, Trump, Trump said that too. Well, yeah, and Fox News picked up on that, and they they ran with that he- that headline. It's like. Well, uh, let me see. Is he morbidly obese like Trump? No. Does he constantly chug hamburgers? No. Is can he? Does he tweet out one thing one day and then the exact opposite the the next about like oh the moon we should go to the moon no don't go to the moon we should go to Mars and the moon is part of Mars. I mean, it is, isn't it? But. Phobos and Deimos are the moons of Mars, but ask Trump to name either. Uh, seriously, I would love for Jim Acosta to ask Trump to name one of the moons of Mars sometime. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. I'll say, the yeah. United States. what about United, that? God bless. What about, God what about bless. all his slurring? The United States. <clears throat> yeah. What about all his slurring and his sniffling and his <clears throat> and his sweating? He's always sweating. Oh yeah, his ill-fitting suits. I mean, well, I mean, and he is—he can't even stand right. Did you see him standing in front of that race car in uh, uh, today or or yesterday or whatever? Was it a race they, car? I saw him standing in front of freaking microphones. Oh, uh, there was a race car that they they had that had Menards on the side of it, which I thought was funny because Melania Trump sued Menards like years ago and. Uh, like there's there's been all these lawsuits, but they had this race car, this like stock car, or, or whatever you call them. one of those really fast little things where your head sticks out of the top. Uh, the one person deals is that are they called stock cars? I don't know. For, um, Formula One. Formula One. Yeah, it was a Formula One car. And it had <laughs> it had it had it had Menards on the side of it, and it's really funny because the Trump family has a bad history of lawsuits with Menards, and this stock car was right there. Uh, or Formula One car was there, and Trump was standing in front of the the Menards. But you could tell it said Menards because of the the font. But anyway, I digress, and we don't have a lot of time. So, um, uh, but what were you gonna say, Joe? Oh, I, I yeah, I, I was. Uh, it's just it's just to to watch a man who's so obviously unhealthy, you know, and, and then they they start this crap like they did with uh, uh, with. With uh, with Hillary Clinton, you know, it's it's it, they're replaying the hits. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they, it, Sharp into the oldies. Never, yeah, they never. Uh, they never. It's it's like they they just pull out the same old record. They just change the names. Yeah. But uh, anyway, rain back to Formula but, One racing. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, And Kat says IndyCar. Apparently it's an IndyCar, so whatever. I'd like Um, to discuss what we just brought up next week because... Okay. 
Do we have time? Should we? Should, uh, are, are we cool to get to the Tucker Carlson uh, story real quick before Mad Libs? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. We don't even have to comment on the Tucker Carlson story. This is Tucker Carlson with James Panero on the tyranny of the metric system. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> this, is, this is so fucking stupid. The metric system, meanwhile, is the product of the French Revolution. It was imposed oh. at the business end of the guillotine. Oh my. What? So why are our leaders so anxious that we join the rest of the world in using, you know, Robespierre's favorite standard of measurement? I don't understand. I think you give a lot of us heart to keep fighting against the, the, the global tyranny of the metric system. And bless you for that. Well, thank you. You know, our system is quaint, but it's ours. It connects us to our ancestors through cups, through teaspoons and tablespoons. I can still cook the recipes of my grandparents. And it's that exactly. connection to the past that the French Revolution and the revolutionaries have always tried to destroy. Yeah, Jesus. I'll accept the kilometer when we accept the euro. Never. <gasps> oh, nah. <gasps> not the euro. Never. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. The Euro. Jesus. Dumb, H. It's a slip. This, this, this metric system is a slippery slope. You know what? I will I will practice the metric system as soon as they pry my two liter of Coke from my cold debt. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Seriously. <laughs> this is the biggest fuck. I guess I guess a uh, sex starved pandas or whatever was uh uh you know that's that well ran dry. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and and they haven't been pushing the war on Christmas lately. So Oh, uh, well, it's it, well, well, I'll tell you what. Wait, well, oh, next month. Next round. month, oh. war on Christmas in July is right around the corner, Joe. God um damn it. yeah. Uh, but holy shit! Seriously, and this guy, this guy James Ru Panero, Ru this guy Pierre, can 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 you all tell me? Do you know who Robespierre is? No, I don't care. I, mean, I I kind of do, but I didn't know he was a metric dude. Yeah, he he invented the metric system. Did he really, Joe? No. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. French. I thought he uh, uh, invented robes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that, that guy, that guy, uh, James Panero, who was on Tucker Carlson show, I think the only reason he got booked is because he's a bow tie wearer. Jesus. Yeah. I, I that think, was really I think stupid. It was so stupid. Yes. Say, I don't know. Because yeah. what Robespierre was a French was revolutionary, and that's what those liberals are. And uh, it's yeah. just like saying freedom. Yeah, it's it's like saying, um, uh, what, what what's the uh, the guy who wrote the rules for radicals or the uh, oh Solinsky Solinsky yeah it's 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 like ah. screaming Solinsky or Margaret Sanger or anything like that it's like oh, they're dead yeah. they're dead you moron shut up <laughs> so yeah I mean, anyway I mean I, I don't know anything in the in the history of Robespierre that links him to the metric system well uh, the, the tyranny yeah. of the Robespierre metric system 
rhymes with leader. Litier. Oh. Whatever. So. so anyway, Kat I says Maximilian Robespierre. Kat says Maximilian Robespierre. He was a leader of the French Revolution. And apparently he wanted to take away our cups and tablespoons away from us. <laughs> And chop off at the, yes. our heads at the business yes. end of a guillotine. At the business end. Where, where is the business end of a guillotine, anyway? Uh, oh, you know. The Euros. It's, it's, the Euros. it's clearly labeled yes. business end. I don't know it's which, cool end, which end. Would it be the back end or the front end? The part where the head goes in the basket? Do you have time? Or the part where the rest of the body falls back? I don't know. Tucker Carlson is a dumb person. Yeah, and in uh, but anyway, uh, every Tucker Carlson story should be followed up with this. It's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. That's insane. Is it, can I hear it again? Do you have time? Yeah. And uh, they put a picture of him looking like yeah. I'm so confused. Oh yeah, the, the stupid the, Tucker the mouth Carlson breather, looks. the mouth breather look. All right, do we have time for Mad Libs? Because I, I have two. I have two. Maybe we'll just uh, cut it down to one. I'm fine. All right, go. Here we go. Let's do. Uh, let's do Mad Libs, folks. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. This is madness. Don't get mad. Get Mad Libs. <laughs> oh God bless Mad Libs. All right, here we go. Um, Joe, I need a verb ending in ing. Ah. Uh. Let's see. Running. Oh, come on. No running, no oh, swimming, okay. no. Okay. <laughs> Screwing. There we go. That's the spirit. I knew it. It had to be, yeah, in the gutter. It doesn't okay, always right have there. to be sexual. It can be puking. It can be crapping. No, you that's know. all I could think of is sex. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 oh, well, there you go. Oh, uh, oh, rain. Oh. Rain. I need to. Oh, sex, sex, sex. Just a bunch of Sex. hairy, tri- just a bunch of hairy triangles bouncing around in his head. Do you, do you want me to give you a hairy triangle? No, no, no that's oh. a line from a movie. I forget what movie that's from. Is that from oh. Do the Right Thing? I was going to say Tribeca, but um, well, silly word plural rain. Zoinks. Zoinks. I like that zoinks. Okay, Joe, I need a number. <laughs> You thought I was gonna say twenty-four, don't you? I don't. I don't know. No, no, I'm not. I'm gonna say one hundred and twelve. One twelve, huh? All right, there we <laughs> yes. go. Yes. Okay. Rain, a verb ending in ing, and you don't say walking, swimming, or anything like that. Running, no running. No walking, no swimming, no rumming. Nothing mon- uh, No mundane. Yeah, no mundane. No mundane. No mundane. No mundane ings. Yeah. I'm gonna go with screwing. Joe just did that. I did. God damn you, Joe. Well, you heard me. I did. How about how about damning? How about damning? Since he said, "God damn you." How about bawling? You can (laughs) you can take your own. I'm just taking from your own words. You said damn. You said a well, verb. I'm trying to think. So okay, I can no make walking, it damn. No it. screwing, no swimming, no. Yeah, no mundane. Repeating? Okay, there we go. Competing. 
Oh, competing. Yeah, there we go. Competing. Competing. Alright. Uh, Joe, I need the name of a conservative. Name of a conservative. Laura Ingram. Ah, Larry Ingram. Don't believe what you just heard. Dinesh D'Souza's lover. Rain, uh, I need I need a uh, num I need a number, Rain. You need a number. Yeah. Twenty-five. Sixty-nine. Okay, see, I know. Sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Joe, I need a profession. I need a profession, Joe. Profession. Yes. <laughs> My favorite. Oh, wait. A moil. <laughs> a moil. Oh, oh, I gotta turn the music down. Oh, it's, it got so oh loud. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. I hope no moil uses that music. <laughs> moil. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, no. Rain, I need a, a, a color. Um, orange. All right, and can I, give, can I give it a can I give a descriptor? Burnt orange. Yes, yeah, burnt orange. Yeah, that's good. You know what? Um, I think my new rule will be no Roy G. Biv for color, so it has to be <gasps> more specific. So you 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 uh you beat me to making that rule by saying burnt orange. I like that. Okay. Um. All right. I love jo Roy G. Biv. Joe. It's a rainbow. It's a rainbow! It's a double rainbow! It really is. Um, Roy G. is a rainbow. It's turning into a triple rainbow. Uh, <laughs> Joe. I need rainbows. I need an <laughs> adjective. I need an adjective. An adjective. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Cunning. Cunning. All right, and rain last one. A type of dairy food. Oh, don't say head oh. cheese because that's not dairy food. Stop. That's that's Stop meat it. food. It's meat food. Type of dairy food. Yeah, yeah. Last oh, one. see, Joe, Joe. Stop it, Joe. This Just is hot. Comes in a cup, comes in a dish, comes in a plastic wrapper. Stop comes, saying come. Comes Stop from a, saying come. I didn't say gold. I didn't say any of that. Yes, you did. Okay, gold, gold I meant yogurt. it can be found you are in not helping Joe. You people cheese. you can boys. be found in a container. A, a type of dairy food. I am going to go with cat milk. Cat milk, it is. Alright. You can milk a cat. You tried to milk him, didn't you, you sick son of a bitch? Um, yeah, and Russia cat milk you. Yeah. All right, here we go, everybody. Um, the first one is our solar system. The cat Milky Way. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, it, that, that's actually for the next one, but, you know, it, it works for now. It works for now. But anyway, here we go. Uh, our solar system. When we look up into the sky on a vain summer night, we see millions of tiny spots of light. Each one represents a money, which is the center of an idiotic solar system with dozens of putties revolving powerfully around 
a distant sun. Sometimes these suns expand and begin screwing their neighbors. <laughs> oh, they're swingers. That's how they make black holes. Do, do, <laughs> do, I just wonder, do the suns put, do they put their keys in a bowl when they screw their neighbors? Um, soon they will become so big, they will turn into zoinks. Eventually, they subside and become warm giants, or perhaps uh, black does, like like dough as in donut does. Our own planet, uh, which we call Ben Carson, circles around our stupid sun 112 times a year. There are eight other planets in our solar solar system. They are named Kellyanne Conway, Lindsey Graham, Sarah Palin. Megan Kelly, Mitt Romney, Chuck Grassley, Jupiter, and Mars. Scientists who study the, scientists who study these planets are called conventions. There you go. All right, next Mad Lib. It's called the Moonwalk. The greatest true life space story is the one about our astronauts competing to the moon for the first time. There were sixty-nine astronauts. We all remember their names. Laura Ingram, who was the expert in sand. Rush Limbaugh, a corrupt test pilot with a PhD in cats. Oh my god. And Ted Cruz, who was the ship's moil. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 conducted a the Senate's moil. And conducted a series of really cunning experiments with burnt orange mice and penises. Yeah, that's right. Don't say penis in this house! Get out of my house! It was a great day for America when they landed and said, What do you know? It really is made out of cat milk. Oh. What did you think of that, No No Cat? Was that your favorite Mad Lib ever? Oh my! I got two cats behind me, staring staring through the back of my fucking uh-huh. head. What are you psychos doing? <laughs> You're psycho. If this, if this goes dead, we know what happened. <laughs> I know. They want you to give some credit to cat milk. They want some gush. They want gush. Do you guys want gush? <laughs> Do you want gush? You think about gush? <laughs> the doctor started licking his paw like, yeah, that's what I want. Oh, uh, my God. And if you don't give it to me, you're going to be scratched. Oh, my scratched God. Scratched to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, there we go. There were the there were the Mad Libs, everybody. All right, okay, so uh, we got to do real quick parting shots because um, we got to go. And the Tim Carmel show is coming up in a few minutes. And uh, Joe, I want you to go first. Uh, can you give a sneak preview of uh, this week's Tim Carmel show? Yeah, we have a, uh, a secret recording of uh, a call that uh, Trump made from uh, Paris. Oh, good. Yeah, to Sean Hannity. Oh, my. Um, yeah, it's we picked it up nasty. from uh, French intelligence. Oh, yeah? Well... <laughs> Or, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> what am I talking ah, about? Paris? The I'm talking French. about French, not the French. I'm talking about mm-hmm. London. 
Oh, London, yes, yeah. Yes, MI6 uh, picked up some uh, some uh, phone calls he made to Sean Hannity. So we uh, got the transcripts. Uh, oh. I, have, I have connections at MI6. Good stuff. And, uh, Good stuff. Yeah, m- me and Mr. Mustard was in London. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, that was the name of the uh, episode, Mean Mr. Mustard. Excellent. And uh, so an American mustard in uh, London? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, an American. <laughs> the ugly American was in London. Yeah. and uh, yeah. But anything else for a parting shot, Joe? Uh, no, that's about it. Um, that's about it. Um. And you'll you'll be off this Friday, but you'll rejoin us next Tuesday, and then we'll all be off the following Friday because it rains, Friday. rains parties. Yes. So. I'm not going to be here next Tuesday. So, oh well, okay, we well. What? Uh... So Joe's going to yeah. be off on Friday. Rain will be off on Tuesday. So yes. we might have some sub hosts here and there. This is our last normal show for the next. Two it weeks. is. Oh my god! And it was so good. I hate to Wait. let it end. When was this show ever normal, though? I well, mean, there really. is that. Yeah. A.B. normal. <laughs> A.B. Abby normal. Yeah, well, we, yeah. We're having guests in from uh, from North Carolina. Oh, you don't uh, you don't have to explain. I, I, I you know, uh, I mean. We're having, but, we're, yeah, we're, ha- we're having a, a weekend. <laughs> a weekend. Yeah, look so, at that. Uh, yeah. It'll be well, uh, interesting. All right. Well, very good. And Rain, what is your parting shot until we talk to you uh, on Friday before you have a whole week off from the program? Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, I'll be here on Friday and then a whole week off. My parting shot is um, I don't want to see any of us knocking down any of our any of our candidates who are running for president. Except for Tulsi, except for Tulsi Gabbard. Well, yeah, not you, Tulsi. Yeah, Tulsi. Um, Bye. Bye, Felicia. And uh, my my parting shot is I really did like what um, Joe Biden said today. I really do. And I have not selected any candidate, but yeah, um, I've I've seen out there on Twitter and on Facebook. I don't like the knocking down of the Joe Biden. I don't like it. And. When when I come back on Friday, if y'all want to talk about mm-hmm. my criticisms of Joe Biden, I'd be more than willing to talk about it. But don't knock him down because there are a lot of people in America who aren't as left as me. There are a lot of people who are centrists who like him. And the bottom line, America, we need to get rid of Trump. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Perfect parting shot. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't have much else to add except for... Uh, Drainage! <laughs> Drainage! On that note, everybody, I'll see you on Friday. Um, and, oh, yeah, also... I'll be there. We, uh, we might have a couple announcements on Friday. Uh, and, and we're also doing this coming weekend, we're doing uh, Halloween in June which is uh, Halloween music uh, for the weekend of my birthday. Uh, Adam Hebert will be in charge of that. Uh, it's going to be fun because, you know, instead of Christmas in July, Halloween in June. So get ready to hear the Monster Mash this weekend. It's going to be awesome. Bye. Wow.
That's it. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America. Time for go to bed. I'm finished. Goodbye. We now conclude broadcast activities. On behalf of the management and staff, we wish you a pleasant good night. Thank you. Good night, Lawrence. <laughs> That's it. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. I'm fucked.